0: Three, put on two. Three. number 81 in motion he cuts it away number
1: 34 through the middle.
0: Since number J58B42, please return to your car immediately.
2: A car in a emergency exit. Ball on the 20-yard line. Number 12 with a man in motion. With the carry. Puts on the juke. Number 57 brings him down at the 18. When they sat
1: down and discussed the running game this week, I'm sure they never thought it would go this way. This. All All right. uh, welcome everybody to SportsGoof sixty-seven.
0: Getting nicer and nicer every day. I every know
1: week. it has gotten better. Look, you can actually see who the heck is yapping on the corner there. Can you see that, guys? Look at that. Yeah. I we'll so, to see this. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, we got Madden NFL two thousand two in the background. For those of you who want to see that, the Bills versus the Broncos, and you know it's uh, it's getting better every day, so or every week and all that stuff. So I'm glad uh, things of quality is going up and up and up. But we were so far down it could only go up from there. I mean, there's nowhere lower to go. We were hitting rock bottom with regards to our technical prowess. So how okay. are you guys doing?
0: A lot better, thanks to you guys. Yeah, I we, we, had we just a, gave
1: Andrew a uh, I don't know crash course pep talk. I don't even know what you would call it.
0: I would a... call it a that. I would call it all of those. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, if you don't know by this point, I I don't know what to tell you unless you're new to the show. In which case, hi, welcome to the show. Uh, but the three of us went to law school together for two wonderful years. Uh, well. I I would hope that you think it was wonderful at least being along with me because I don't know. Man, I'm so depressed right now. Anyway, I'm taking the bar for anyone who doesn't know. I'm trying to become a big boy and have an Esquire behind my name. So I'm on pins and needles on a constant basis. So these guys who have been there and uh, survived are kind of talking me through it in the hopes of making me a little bit less of a nervous wreck.
1: Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, we'll we'll, we'll try and guide you there, good buddy. Uh, It would be very uh, much appreciated. Yeah, Charles and I need to get away from the monotony of work and horrible Zoom calls, according to uh, Charles.
2: They, They are just terrible. They're just terrible.
1: And for the first time in a long time, we have sponsorship back on the screen. You can get Age of Wonders, Planetfall Invasions on your PS4, your Xbox one your PC and a Mac if you're into that they got an expansion out it, it's 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 a video game I can actually get it on my PC and it won't explode so come join us for for that I don't know if it's I, I don't know if you have to pay for it. if it's free to play who knows but it's there so thank you paradox for supporting the stream uh, you guys have made a grave error but we thank you anyways um yeah so the uh, they was uh, I tested it out for the first time yesterday at our baseball broadcast, the St. Louis Cardinals versus the New York Mets. And if you have to see any any broadcast of our baseball games, yesterday's broadcast between the Mets and the Cardinals was the one to watch because, uh let's see, we had ejections, we had an inside the park home run, uh, we had a. Uh, the Polo Grounds, we uh, we had an, a major comeback, and that's not even the the that that's that's not even all of it. It is, and that was all within nine innings. By the way, it was insane, and there was legitimate beef between the two teams. So, uh, and I think I put uh, Steve Lyons in the back of a trunk in Shreveport, Louisiana, <coughs> as part <laughs> of it too. So. Uh yeah, yeah, things got weird. Things got strange. I felt things in my groin and I was I was completely happy about it. So go watch that one and uh, the other ones too and the people who have been watching it cuz we've we've done some numbers with it. And I'm really glad because there is no baseball happening right now and we don't know when that's going to happen because the MLB owners are trying to F over the players right now. You know? They just are. So we might talk about that. I wanted to start with the NBA's plan because, Andrew, I know you're not a basketball guy, but your your town, Orlando, Florida, is about to become the center of the basketball universe.
0: You're goddamn right.
1: <laughs> so the NBA and the Players Association have approved a plan To shift over the NBA season to Orlando Florida Uh, they will restart the season by the end of July every team except the Portland Trailblazers approved of this plan and 22 teams will continue the season Uh, that will be nine teams in the Eastern Conference and thirteen teams in the Western Conference, so uh, the Miami Heat have made it. Andrew, your or- your Orlando Magic have made it too.
0: So I would I would hope they would because how embarrassing would that be if you are the home team in essence and you don't even you aren't even good enough to make the playoffs in your own home city? That would uh, that'd be kind of embarrassing. Oh yeah. So, oh, and let me just point this out, though. Uh-huh. For the first time since 2017, Orlando is guaranteed to have a national champion.
1: I I guess. Oh, I, I understand yeah. what you mean. Yeah. But what if it's Toronto that repeats? Because they're Ooh. Canadian.
0: Well, a, a champion shall be declared.
1: In Orlando, Florida.
0: Well, I guess, no, actually, we would have been... Oh, God damn it, I just confused my... my. <laughs> that was a very long and terrible attempt at making a UCF National Championship reference.
1: Yeah. Uh, which, well,
0: you uh, created a sports paradox there, bud. Yeah, and paradox
1: made Age of Wonders, everybody. So <laughs> thank you for the tie-in, Charles. I don't know if you meant for that to happen, but it happened.
2: <laughs> the universe works in mysterious ways. <clears throat>
1: So uh, and by the way, on the top of the screen there on the right side, our next simulation, our, our college baseball game of the week, we'll have two teams fighting for Andrew's love, the FIU Panthers versus the UCF Knights. The both Although, teams, both artists formerly known as Golden will be taking that is very true. on each other. So that's going to be fun.
0: You made my point for me. I was going to say both teams were golden at the time.
1: Yeah, well, you could feel golden, Andrew, according to Senor Grossman.
0: That is true. Golden <clears throat> Panther. That's another inside law student, FIU law student, joke. Yeah. You all. You. If you want to find, if you want to get that joke, please go and move to Miami, Florida. Pay about twenty thousand dollars a year for three years and go through the slog that is law school and eventually the bar, and you will know exactly what we're talking about.
1: So, uh, Andrew, have you seen the plans for the NBA and where they're going to hold this?
0: Yes, they're all going to be right in my my old neck of the woods over at Wide World of Sports, if I remember correctly.
1: Right. So, the mouse has been appeased, which I'm sure was the... The prime concern for the NBA with regards to starting this over, Um, ESPN drives uh, the NBA's popularity, as we all know, and they're going to have a good old time broadcasting those games, although I haven't seen how the broadcasting format's going to be. I'm sure Turner Sports, which is an NBA on TNT, and the best... The best freaking NBA or sports analysis show, I don't know, ever, probably. Uh, there's no way those guys are not going to uh, be in on this.
0: They, I uh, think they would have to. I think they have yeah. a contract with the NBA.
1: Right. So
0: Charles so, Barkley,
1: Kenny Smith, Shaq, and Ernie Johnson. We, we can't have a season without those guys. That would and, be
0: very sad and disappointing if there wasn't any of those guys.
1: So, uh, Charles, what are your thoughts on the season resuming? Do you think it's gonna get? Are we gonna get a level of basketball that might actually be better than what we've
2: seen on a normal basis? Eh, you know, okay. Starting this off, what hurts it a little bit is you didn't have the typical mid-season before the deadline trades that went down. So. A franchise can be easily shaped by these kind of midseason trades either for the current season or for the following years to come. Also, there's not going to be any of those international buyouts that happen. The Heat are very familiar with Chris Anderson when he got picked up when he was over playing in China. Mm-hmm. Um Dells help bring in death because I know they're reliant on the G League, but sometimes the G League guys aren't the complete picture. You know, they they can get the offense going on, but you don't get a G League guy who can play defense because if he can actually play defense, there's a spot for him on the bench, right? Um, I I have like mixed feelings on it, partially because, well, let's look at it logically. Several stars in the NBA had the Corona. So that close contact, I don't know if you're making the proper safety measures, but granted, money has to be made. Um, So there's that concern coming into it. One, I also think there's just too much parity, or not parity, too many teams in there. I know it's 22. I'm all for the really bad teams not playing. There is no purpose why the Atlanta Hawks or the New York Knicks need to be in this odd season. Right. What? Lloyd Pierce, the coach for the Falcons, I'm sorry, the Hawks, were like, oh, we have a lot of young guys who can use that exposure. I'm like, that's just an excuse to kind of put them out there on the court, and they're just going to eat up, you know, the space anyway. You know, we might love Trey Young. Yes, it hurts the brand that – because here's the truth. The NBA is one of those weird teams or that weird organization where – you can literally suck as a team, but you might have at least one star. Not a superstar, not the megastar, but one star that can push your brand, that can be identifiable. That's right. the Trey Youngs to me. Um, the only team that I can really call on the back of my hand that never really had it was the Charlotte Bobcats back when they won like seven games. I think Gerald Wallace was the only one, and that wasn't – Gerald Wallace was Gerald Wallace. That's a name that we'll bring up probably later for our right. show. Um, but – what 13 in the West, nine for the East really it should just pop in your pop in your eight right for the East essentially if you're under too bad so sad, yo dad right you missed I I don't even know who the number nine would be because it's been so, so long. So
1: this is this these are the 22 teams in the Eastern Conference you got Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami, Indiana, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Orlando and Washington. And in the Western Conference, both L.A. teams, Denver, Utah, Oklahoma City, Houston, Dallas, Memphis, Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio, and
2: Phoenix. Okay, I'm going to touch on this. I'm going to split it between East and West. One, on the East, everybody's trash except for Bradley Beal. You don't need to have them. You can eliminate them. You can at East. What you should have done is like a preseason, you do the play and tourney. I know they were trying to do that a little bit with um, with Cuban, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Mavericks, and they were addressing it. There's a lot of good teams on the West. Why the hell are the Phoenix Suns even there? I don't even think they're really that close in the contention. Let's see. I, so, I,
1: hold on. The yeah. Let's see. The Suns are six games back of the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are 32 and 33, so they're one game below 500. And Phoenix is 26 and 39. So uh, they limited to teams that were within, I guess, six games or so. Yeah, six games, because Washington was five and a half back of Orlando. So the teams that were within six, just to at least. I mean, there were only, what, like 20 games left in the season by the time they finished? 20, 15 games? Yeah. So it. I guess they realistically, you could come back from being five, six games down. It'd be really hard, but you That's can do basketball. it. That's not
2: basketball, but it's not basketball. No, football right. is more likely. Baseball, even yeah, basketball. Baseball. Yeah. basketball is really split into like you win when you lose when you win when you lose one, you when you, lose one, you win when you lose one it's kind of hard to be like on that heater Stringy. of a win streak yeah. you yeah. don't see it that often so because my whole thing is i'm saying reduce the amount of play for this whole thing so we get a average real full length season next year personally speaking
1: well, i well i mean that's also part of this the NBA and the NHL has the same issue because they both play eighty-two games and uh, play around the same time, starting in in somewhere in October. Their issue right now is how to have a legitimate finish to the current season, and when to start the next one. NBA is kind of eyeing, like, probably Christmas is what they're eyeing for end of december and i think the nhl are eyeing for like a december 1st start but nhl hasn't even hasn't even doesn't even have a start date for for the current plan that they have with the 24 teams that they they're gonna do so that's 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 the deal for the nba as well as they'll probably start around christmas so uh they'll have this end of season format I'm assuming it'll end somewhere in uh, September or something, kind of around with the time NFL is starting to to ramp up, and then they'll have like a a break, and then uh, go from there. Yeah. Uh, training camp in November, and then November slash December, and they get started on Christmas.
2: I guess they're really hoping that the two to three month break that they had. In the middle of the season, I guess, is going to help with the body of the players right. because they're getting some rest. But here's the other flip side conversation. You're going to have a lot more dudes susceptible to longer season-ending injuries now. If you're if someone tears an Achilles or a knee, which is your predominant injury that you get in basketball, now in, oh, I don't know, June, so when's it going to fully start, July um july 31st is what they're they're aiming for man something happens here in the short term they're really out for really almost like a season and a half at that best and you know a lot of those rebuilding franchises they can't afford to have that happen um and then there might be guys who want to rush back from injury unlike kevin durant which is actually good i wanted to talk about that with the nba anyway so that works but we'll touch on that in a second um i mean look do i want a definitive end Yes, I do. Do I think they're taking too long to get to that definitive end? Absolutely. Is this basically just say, "Hey, we really want the season because the Lakers are, you know, the best team in the West, and we want to solidify that because we might not have that in the coming years." Obviously, is it, "Hey, the Bucks, who have always been taken as an under, uh, under, I won't say underdog, but underappreciated franchise for so long, has the opportunity to be the best pe- best team in the East and be the best, so we want to finish up." Absolutely, there's a story here. Um, but I don't think you need, even if it's six games, so what? We already talked about the streakiness of it. I I, th- I thought, and
1: this is, because I'm looking at the standings, like the Washington Wizards were five and a half games behind the Magic. With like, let's say they played, by that point they had already played 64 games. And I'm like, I, the, I don't think there was any way that the Wizards were going to come back. And overtake Orlando in that sense. Because even if both teams went five hundred, which is probably what like you the point that you're making, I'm like, okay, like what's the reason for having the Wizards there? And as far as the, the Western Conference, I mean Portland was three and a half games back. That's probably why they were dissenting. Like, do we really I, have would to say, play? I agree
2: with Portland though? I, I agree with Portland, you know, wanting to at least have a buy in tourney, but continue.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, that's the thing. I, I I wanted them to... I like the NHL's format for this. I like that they're... You know what? Screw it. We're, the regular season is over. The teams are where they are. We'll have an extended playoff. We'll have an extended playoff. Everybody gets to feel good. You can hang a banner or add a number to your, your team's history if you want to. Especially for the Florida Panthers because God knows we need playoff appearances in our history. But... Uh, I think it just, it's a nice quick way of, of getting to the ultimate handing out the trophy at the end. Uh, I, I the, the NBA's format, which is this, they'll have the, uh, extend the regular season for 16 days with five to six games per day. There'll be four hours between games on each individual court. Cause, uh, of course the NBA holds their summer league in the same area. Uh, the league will be using three courts in the complex for four, for the games. Uh, Eight-game regular season format. Each team expected to play one back-to-back, and uh, and they're gonna move up and they're gonna try and get the playoffs over with quicker than they normally do because uh, you, NBA the NBA playoffs are so long because they take so much time in between games. They're going to try and move those up, which I'm all for. I I, I kind of like how baseball is like, okay, game one is today, game two is tomorrow, uh, travel, game three, four, five, travel, and then they just get it over with. They don't have to drag it on for so long. NBA best used to of be five like that.
2: series. Best of yeah. five until you get to the conference finals and the NBA finals, best of seven.
1: Yeah, and the NBA for- finals format expected to include games every other day. Which I can see being kind of fair. Especially if you're just holding it in one place. There's no travel. One day, everybody breaks. I uh, could talk about the, the game before. Next game. And that's it. So, uh, But uh, as far as the regular season, I'm like... You know, if Portland's out, they're out. They're three and a half games out. They play, let's see... At that point, uh, 37 and 29. So that was what? 66 games?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and Memphis had played 65 games so they played more games Memphis was still better than them you know even if Memphis loses a game they're still better than than them points percentage wise and just cut off the season Uh, let's just start the playoffs but whatever I guess those teams had some point they could theoretically come back but uh, you don't really see like you said you don't see those miracles in basketball like you see in baseball
2: yeah, I think it's. Beyond they don't that have too. a point
1: system like in the NHL, where you can just kind of uh, game the system and pick up points in stupid ways and make the playoffs. So, I would
2: also say they have. There's something that other sports don't have when you're on the fringe playoff team. They have legitimate star power. Who is on the Wizards? Bradley Beal. Who right. is on the Trailblazers? Damian Lillard and uh, CJ McCollum. These mm. are guys that you want to see play, even as a fringe playoff team. Because I say five games, you're out. You're really out. I, that was but... a
1: point that people said about those Western Conference teams. Because uh, look, look at, you got John Morant in Memphis. You know, the, the Grizzlies were in the playoffs anyways. Uh, New Orleans yeah. has, of course, Zion uh you got fox in sacramento that's somebody people would like to see play san antonio yeah. still has pop and and uh gosh i already forgot his name from uh, demar DeRozan, rosen i guess and uh phoenix has those young guys even though they still haven't figured it out yet so they're kind of like a they're a stretch i think phoenix is a stretch being in the being 26 and 39 and still uh, that's a big stretch having a uh a, a chance to extend their season, but uh, New Orleans because they were making such a good stride after uh, Zion Williamson came back. I'm sure that's probably probably part of the reason the NBA wants this uh, format. But I like the I, I think a play in game would have been nice too, just like the NHL had. I mean, you had the fringe teams on the outside that were not the 16 teams. And I guess this is a a sort of way of doing it, but uh, it's still not necessarily the playoffs. Either way, uh, the NBA and Disney and Turner, they're all going to get their money's worth because, hey, Zion's back, everybody.
2: You know? So let me ask you this, and Andrew, you could chime in too on this portion. Wasn't this the perfect opportunity to test out the playoffs and just say, all right, the best 16 teams – no matter of seating, oh. I, I really think this was your chance. Yeah, this and, is. And you uh, screw the, the pooch.
1: Yeah, yeah, Milwaukee, and, Milwaukee, and the Lakers at one and two, and then, you know, even if there are, I don't know, thirteen Western Conference teams to the eight Eastern, or or the uh, or the or twelve Western Conference to eight Eastern teams. Hey, that's the way it is.
2: You know, and and this time, like an eighth seed is actually an eighth seed, because from the east settings. Because let's be fair, we do the seeding that we want to see. Then you're gonna have at least the six to eights on the east really be the six and eights, and those six to eights in the west are so much superior for the most part that you're gonna get some damn good matchups. This is your opportunity because I'm not for reseeding in the future because I believe that with NBA there's been some parity. And we will get that you're not really gonna have a NBA team under five hundred kind of stuff. I don't care too much about the West you know, a a Western team that is a six, seven, or eight has a such a bigger jump in win percentage over five hundred compared to the eastern, because I think eventually the eastern conference teams will be over. You know, six, seven, eights will be over five hundred or at five hundred happens, but it's just at the point that's what it's been the last couple years. But this was your opportunity to really make it exciting in such a way that had been seen before. Mm-hmm. And whoever's the last man saying is the last man sending. I do like what hockey's doing, you know, from how you explained to me. Just go jump into it. Um, and this is kind of important what they do now because I think hockey's also looking at their long-term health of the next season for their players. And I think it's just kind of being sure-sighted. But I pose you guys this question. I'll ask a general forum: guys who were supposed to have season-ending surgery on both sports, we'll go hockey and we'll go uh, ba- basketball, should they be allowed to return this year? Because I know Kevin Durant said he he wasn't going to because he's just not medically ke- cleared. But you know, if certain players like Kyrie Irving was busted out as as were other ones, so if given that option, do you feel that those guys? Because you know they don't really have IR the way that um, I
1: mean, I I think football does. Well, the NHL does have an injured reserve list. Do they? Um, Yeah. But I think that they should – I mean, they're still on the roster. They're still available. If they are available, they are available. I mean, I I think if the guy's ready, the guys are ready. Um, But they wouldn't have been
2: ready had there not been a push out. uh,
1: For the Red Sox, Pedro Martinez, uh, when he wasn't supposed to be available in the division series against the Indians in, like, 99 – and he wasn't supposed to be available at all. I, I don't think he was even supposed to pitch in the playoffs. And game five, he gets up in the bullpen. And he starts warming up. He's still on the roster. I think. Uh, I think you can still you can have moments like that where like, hey, he's back. Uh, it's in a weird cir. I mean, weird circumstance, but he's back. And of course, the NBA loves their star power. If they can have Kyrie Irving come back for the Nets, I'm. I'm pretty damn sure they're not they're gonna let it go
2: yeah I'm just petty <laughs> uh
1: I mean and because who knows they could have made a miraculous recovery in the middle of the season anyways i mean who uh, i I don't if the guy's available no matter the circumstance I'd say you let him go i don't there shouldn't be a reason to hold him back he's part of your roster you're still paying him anyways. I would want to see him play, if, especially if I'm still paying him, you know? Yeah. All right, so that's the NBA's plan. It is what it is. Uh, it's probably, uh, as far as the safety is concerned, uh, the other thing that I was seeing here is uh, they're 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 going to have an NBA bubble. Uh, They'll have the safety protocols. The players and coaches can hang out at the uh, – Wonderful facilities at Disney World and the resorts. Uh, they'll be allowed to golf and eat outdoors at their outdoor restaurants and maintain, but just maintain social distancing. Uh, they'll have daily testing for coronavirus within the complex. Uh, if the player tests positive, they'll remove him, have uh, to quarantine and receive treatment individually, and test all of the other team members. <coughs> And employees at Disney will have to maintain similar protocols. Or, you know, so if I was a player, I'd probably just sit in my room, in my hotel room, get my PS4 or my Xbox One or my Switch and download Bug Fables and just go to town on that. So you can get it on those systems. It's basically, uh, it's basically, uh, it's a Paper Mario game that's not a Paper Mario game. And so... I might actually get that, and you should too, before the real Paper Mario comes out in July on the Switch. I'm just saying, you know.
2: I I hear LeBron James plays Bug Fables, so, you know, he's a big proponent of it. Go play it. of
1: course.
0: Before we move further, I wanted to bring up a couple of other things, if that's all right with you gentlemen. Indeed. Uh, While we're on the topic of resumption of seasons and COVID-19 and all that, that jazz First off, I want to say, MLB. Come on, ha. what are <laughs> you doing? What's going on here, Bub?
1: That's kind of where I wanted to go. So thank you, Andrew.
0: Come on, Bubby. Well, let me let's do something quick first because that's going to take a while. Um, or eh, let's let's crop on the MLB on MLB right well, now. Well, we're I'm thirty
1: minutes apologize. in, so we can crop on them if you want to.
0: Yeah, and eventually uh, I'll talk about the NCAA in a little bit because they've they've come up with a a a way to get back to a regular season starting on time, which is incredible. But we'll let's talk about the ML, let's talk about MLB really quick because dude, come on, my friend, yeah. my 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 friends of the diamond, my my beloved baseballers, what the hell are you doing? Seriously, Uh, though. So,
1: So Andrew is referring to the fact that uh, Major League Baseball, the owners, have have, uh, brought out proposals that the Players Association has not liked. And it seems like every time the MLB brings out another proposal, it's basically the same thing, just worded differently. And the players are not liking that. Um, The MLB doesn't share their financials with the Players Association. So they're not really... um, uh, They're not negotiating fairly in good conscience with each other and it's frustrating everybody some people are blaming the players association because they see not in the
0: in the slightest
1: and the reason people say that is because well you guys are millionaires anyways so what you know what what are you guys complaining about even if you got paid half of what you did you're still millionaires that's not true for all of the players there are fringe guys there That are not making millions of dollars. They make good money. That's for sure compared to us. But they still have to travel. They still have to expose themselves. To a virus. They still have to interact with other people. They still have to. um, uh, Travel. Be away from their families. And have the fear that they could spread something to their families. And. So. And the players have tried to. Meet the MLB halfway and say okay just we'll pay just pay us what you would normally pay us pro rata for however like we want to play the players want to play they've actually proposed more games than the owners have the owners keep harping on 50 games that's that's what the owners want they want to pay these players 50 games and pay them what was it either 50 to 75 percent of what they would normally pay those guys um per but per pro rata per day so it's not like uh like justin verlander would make i don't know fifty thousand dollars one per game and it's like okay well they're only gonna pay him fifty thousand dollars per per those 50 games it's like no they're gonna pay him uh they want to pay him like 35 40 thousand dollars of that and it's like well you guys signed contracts this is I know this is an extenuating circumstances but these guys are still getting paid by that. The players association doesn't want to give in because the CBA is coming up and this is a I would say this is a power move by the owners trying to get at that this year before they really go after it next year. And the players don't want to give in because if they do, it's going to make things harder for them next year when they negotiate the CBA and it's it's not looking good there are people who are optimistic thinking that something will get done but uh people are the the owners are trying to throw the players under the bus publicly when in fact it's not helping either side to be honest
0: yeah I, my my big thing is oh. Someone brought up a good point. I think it was Buster Olney, who said that baseball had the prime opportunity to potentially be the game in town in American sports for the summer a, for the summer. Um, you know, I'm sure that you know NBA or NHL might have popped in there at some point, you know, in late July. But, you know, they they had the momentum. They were the first ones that were coming up with any sort of concrete ideas. And... Uh, they effed it up. They they, they blew it. They, they There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They blew yeah. it. Adam Sandler. Uh, you blew it! <laughs> exactly. And... You know, the... The thing is, you know, it's – if it was like the NFL doing it, yeah, that'd be bad enough. Uh, The only two leagues that couldn't afford this sort of whatever. Stoppage. You know, this stoppage and this like, you know, this back and forth, you know, looking like a little bunch of uh, crybabies. Yeah,
1: billionaires arguing with millionaires. Which is there is what are only the public seasons as
0: right there are only two leagues that couldn't afford that the NHL who has been on who went on a full season lockout within the past 15 years mm. and has gone on a very prolonged lockout since then right um that they didn't even get started until January. Right. So they wiped out the. They lost their All Star game. They lost the first half of their season. There are two leagues that couldn't afford to do this: the NHL and Major League Baseball. Given it's been 25 years since their last work stoppage, but it killed them and it's now just starting to maybe recover although it's even it's starting to lose popularity to the other sports. Yeah. They they seriously could not afford even if they had not had any work stoppages ever. Just the fact that they are on they're losing ground to football and hockey and basketball that in of itself shows that they had no room to show any sort of infighting. And even more so to stop a golden opportunity for them to be the one and only thing on on TV. People it's... are so desperate to watch sports right now. They're watching Korean baseball at 2 in the morning. <laughs> and they are loving it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Japanese... Yeah, the Japanese league is up. The Korean league is up. The... The Taiwanese league is up.
0: So... so it's... it's they. Not only did they not grab that opportunity, it's not like, oh, they just were delaying because they weren't sure. Okay, that's not great because you had the opportunity. But no, you've been actively fighting each other, so not only is the chance of you getting a decent season in going down, everyone's hating your guts. Now, to be fair any reasonable person, and I apologize to anyone else I'm making angry by saying this, I'm putting the blame on the owners 100%. Yes, the Players Association may not be negotiating 100% in good faith, but when it comes down to it, look, I get it. They're millionaires. It's a lot of money. I will will be so lucky if I were to make a million dollars in one year. Uh, I'd be so lucky if I made a million dollars in one lifetime. But you've got billionaires here. Yeah, it's going to suck. You're going to lose tens of millions of dollars this year because of the whole situation. But tens of millions of dollars is one player's salary. So nut up or shut up, gentlemen. And possibly lady. I'm not sure if there's a, a female owner in Major League Baseball. No, no, no not, right now. not anymore. No. Uh, I think Marge Schott was the last for the for the Reds. But right. come on, business yeah. is a risk. It's it's a risk to be the owner of any sort of business. You have insurance plans for something like this. So yeah. instead of putting the if say like, all right, well. We'll we'll take the loss here, but let's do something to to make a season out of this. And who knows, maybe we'll come back better from it. Uh, but instead, no, they they're having to pinch every single possible penny, and as a result, you're taking money. Look what they're doing to the minor leaguers. Yeah, that's another case in point they're killing all these minor league teams for no reason whatsoever. And, alright, I get it. You have to condense. Fine. But don't do it in the middle of a freaking economic downturn. That's just not right. That's not... It's not human to be putting these guys who in of themselves are already not making a lot of money. They're being paid less than teachers. To... Just basically out on the street. Oops, sorry, you're out of a job, and with no job prospects in the middle of a giant recession. So I have no sympathy for these owners, none whatsoever. And I mean, obviously, I don't know. I could talk on this for hours. Yeah. Um, but so- it, it, it's I'm just frustrated with the owners because I I lay this solely on their feet the, maybe the, players... the MLBP
1: oh, sorry go ahead Andrew finish that
0: sorry maybe the MLBPA could have you know been a little more wanting to play toward the center but I think they've been doing a good job of trying to balance interests especially when the players have a lot more to lose than the owners do You have to give, in a balanced negotiation like this, it's not going to be 50-50. If truly balanced to equate out risk, you have to give a little more incentive to the players. Right. But the owners don't give a damn about that. They're going to try and get every single possible cent out of them. And as a result, we're having another 1994 situation. And if Major League Baseball doesn't play it, doesn't play a substantial number of games or god forbid doesn't play a season at all i i don't see why people would come back to baseball again they're tired of this crap i mean i wasn't i was alive in 94 i wasn't cognizant for it though um but let's say average like i remember the let's say 1998 so that means i was 6 so someone who was six in 1994 would be born in 1998, correct? Is Am I mathing that correctly? Yeah. So someone who was born in 19, 1988, that's around your age, right, Francisco? Yep. Do you remember the first strike?
1: No, I was too busy. 94 is when Sonic and Knuckles come out, so I, I was too <laughs> ah, busy. I understand. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem. So, so someone in their early thirties, they will have gone through two major work stoppages in Major League Baseball in their lifetime. I would not, I would not blame them one bit if they just said "fie," and threw their hands up in the air and just said, "I'm done with you. I'm going to watch Korean baseball," or, you know, even worse for Major League Baseball, go watch NFL, NBA, NHL because There's a little more stability with those leagues. I can't stop. I can't follow a league that has a risk of uh, canceling itself two more times in my life.
1: Uh, Well, right now, uh, this is what's going around today. So MLBPA had a new proposal. This time... Because uh, their last one was about 114 games, the owners are at 50. Their proposal now is at 89 games for the the players want to play 89 games. They're not moving off the full prorated share of salary, and they want expanded playoffs. I wouldn't mind expanded playoffs. I think that would be nice. Um, so that's they're trying to bring the sides closer together there, uh, rather than the 50. I still I, – I, I, I've been saying this all along. I'm like – and everybody thinks, oh, that would be a really nice amount of games, Charles. <laughs> Very nice. 69 games. But uh, 82 games. That's how much the NHL and NBA normally plays. I've been a proponent for shortening the baseball season anyways. I mm-hmm. know that the records matter for people in baseball. But uh, those people – are the people that don't like don't like sabermetrics and all that stuff i'm good with baseball shortening its season regardless 50 games is too little 82 games is a nice sweet spot for me 114 games is around like the proposal that i wanted anyways like 120 per season uh so that there's more rest there's more uh, uh more more hype for for certain series during the season rather than seeing certain teams 40,000 times okay you only see them four times per season and now it's more significant but uh the the owners are probably going to reject the players current uh counter offer major league baseball according to evan grant now he's they're saying they want 76 games players are 89 so the midpoint is still around 82 I don't know why but really it's not really the amount of games at this point the owners don't want to play the 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 full prorated share to the players the players want that and that's it so as far as the playoffs and everything those are fringe uh, topics that they're throwing out there but the real issue is players want to be paid the full amount that they would have been played had there been a full season Uh, not like their entire salary so you know, Giancarlo Stanton is not getting paid thirty million dollars for eighty-two games. He's getting paid, uh, however much. Uh, let's see, one sixty-two divided by thirty million. A lot. Huh? It's a lot. It's a ton of money.
2: Uh, but
1: that's about one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. So he would get paid fifteen million dollars for eighty-two games. It's about half. Yeah. Well, that's what the players want.
2: All right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I do best, and let's take devil's advocate here because I think everybody wants baseball, and I think we're always going to be sympathetic to the play of the players because you guys touched upon earlier. You have a lot of guys who are on fringe contracts, right? Because it might be their contract year arbitrations out there giving them low money, or they, might, they think they might be deserved. But there's going to be guys who are coming in to a contract year either this year or next year because baseball is that sport that they don't really like to reward one-hit wonders but if you put on two good productive seasons you're going to get paid but me doing my best James Bond impersonation of a villain is going to villain it out hardcore 007 so let's talk about him because if I'm the owner and I'm going to keep it PG but if I'm the owner and I'm one of the Steinbrenners who's on there or you know, everybody else the other owners I don't know everybody's names you know what I'm saying fm player wise because you have a contract we're asking you to fulfill the contract for the services of the time that's required so you're not coming in you just want to get more money for stuff you haven't played on boo freaking who I'm so sad, I pay you for 50 games, you get your 50-game paychecks. We're not taking away, we're not reducing your actual games play per salary. I think that was a contention in the CBA and the NFL to where you're actually going to get more money out of it or more guarantee because instead of it being like every four weeks or whatever, you're going to get it at a quicker time. We are paying you for the contract that you served. If my billing is... 300 an hour, it's not. I work for a nonprofit, Charles isn't built. But if I bill you, you know, for three of it, I pro- if I provide that hour of service and you tell me I'm gonna get my 300, I'm getting my 300, baby. It's not like you're saying, hey, one hour of your time, but set 300, what we agreed upon, I'm only gonna give you 150, I'm gonna give you 299.9. I don't know how favorable you're going to look even if you're a player. And I understand your plight that your agent, Scott Boris, is usually their guy, right? I don't know who – I forgot who the other guy is that's pretty predominant in baseball, was able to fleece these owners under desperation. I'm sorry, Manny Machado, and I'm sorry, Bryce Harper, that you understand the losses of coming into 50 games, but you want to either play yourself – yes, you are putting yourself at risk, but every job? has a safety concern, right? And this is just me spewing pure hmm. jargon as an owner. But are you going to get the sympathies of the viewers on the base of, like, what? If if his pro rate is uh, 183000 a game, we're going Giancarlo, because none of us at the sports goof do math, you guys. We became lawyers, not accountants. Hmm. Um, and I pay you that, and I don't underchange you a minute, look, a, a, a cent less. How am I the bad guy? Am I the bad guy because I didn't want to pay more than what we agreed upon for the viewers? For the viewers, you don't even come to our games because it's too long, and not everybody comes in there. You don't even watch our games. Boo hoo! Who cares about you? You don't even watch the complete playoffs. You don't watch any of that. You know, if I'm the owner, it's a business, and you can't lose money. Because here's the thing, too. Um, Yes, this is bad for the CBA, but who do you think is going to sweat first? The guys who have no alternative of a sport to go play on because Japanese baseball, Chinese baseball, overseas baseball is not as popular as maybe in basketball because they make some dough, man. Cepha Marbury made a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Hockey makes a lot of money. Football is us. You know, it's U.S., so it doesn't go from there. Right. We're... Well, that's going to offer you that per rate. Yeah, there's certain things you should get in your uh, new CBA, especially TV revenue. It's kind of hard when everything's blacked out, but you need to get that money because the chunk of change that the NFLPA gets out of it is ridiculous. But who's going to blink first? Because what is the stop a businessman? Because here's the thing you guys were, oh, the owners are going to lose money in businesses. Fools, they already have businesses that make them billionaires to buy this business. They'll survive. It's an investment. You cut the losses, man. You cut the losses if it's just going to be losses. Because here's the thing, too. Could you not give an alternative sport for people to watch? Let's say something goes on the wayfire fire and we're just going to have a downpour and no one's going to want to uh, play. Then let's get the scabs in. Hey, you're minor leaguers. You want to be a major league player? Ooh. We'll pay you get those kids from college basketball. Because what's the alternative? They're going to watch college basketball at the same time, right? So get the scabs. Historically,
1: scabs scabs have not worked historically in any league.
2: Yeah, that's Uh, true. But in today's times, we're also desperate for something they're watching career baseball. Did you not just say that? We're watching at 2 a.m. Guys, we don't know. We don't know how this procedure is going to be. So why wouldn't I get a scab? Why not? What are scabs? Guys who are in the minor leagues who might be called up one day or guys from overseas? People are going to watch it. If the whole basis of this – is that we're so desperate to watch them for sports because we can't live a day without it. Like, we become literally the American cartoon, right, or the caricature of a a sports-loving beard chug. And, hey, we're all those guys. I love sports. But if I can't survive without it, why would I want to be entertained in my little house, especially if the numbers go back up? And I'll watch, you know, Joe Schmo throwing and Bobby Joe hitting because if I'm entertained from it, and maybe there's new stars, because right now, who's going to sweat more—the guys who are going to get paid—and are you really getting what? like the sympathies?
1: I mean, there's very little, very little guys have come out as stars from those historically. I think for baseball, they tr- they were about to get scabs in, and that stopped when they finally came to an agreement uh, in the '94 strike and the '95 shortened season. Um, I think Kevin Millar was a scab. Kevin Millar was a scab. He was never a member of the MLB Players Association because of it. Uh, so uh, sometimes in video games you won't see Kevin Millar on the roster; you'll just see
0: I don't just know face.
1: John Doe or whatever. Yeah. So it's very rare that happens, and I, I guess the issue now is that the owners are saying, "Well, there's nowhere." nowhere else to go. People want to watch baseball. People are desperate, but the other sports are coming. NBA already has their date set, and NHL is going to have their date set soon enough. The NFL and college football are going to get started up as well, and there's going to be no baseball, and when people realize, hey, we didn't miss it, it's only going to hurt them. Um, Except for the hardcore baseball fans, which now there are fewer of. Even though the NLB is still making more revenues. So, even in that sense, baseball is revenues are going higher even with less fans. So, that means the players can still get paid even with no fans.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's either a situation of absent makes the heart grow fonder or absent makes the heart that's forget. That's part of the
1: negotiations the players are throwing at the owners. Like, you guys are still making more money and we have less people in the stands and our stadiums are getting smaller. Uh, they're ripping out seats in certain areas, like in, in, uh, in Colorado, in Arizona, uh, in Miami. So, so there's money. Some, there's some, the owners are getting money from somewhere without fans,
2: but I guess the idea of how they have to kind of approach it is saying, all right, never again. Right. And that's when you have to go to the new collective bargaining agreement and have a force majeure clause in there. Any kind of big epidemic. You have sometimes you can't plan for everything, but if you have the opportunity to rework a structure and a contract for more money or for these uh, hazard pays for like that's really what it is. It's just a hazard pay uh, for this thing. Like mind you, give the guy. I would say give them two thirds of their contract. Right there's it's un, unreasonable to me, as sympathetic I am to players, um, to give them the full max amount of contracts when they haven't played it, right? That's like saying, All you right. pay me my salary. That's like, you know, take it away from our professions. like, you just go to the lawn maintenance guy. He doesn't even cut your lawn. you got to give him everything. He just chips a little bit of it. Get the hell out of here, Bob. Um, but if you have a hazard pay for it, and then you allow to disperse it, then maybe you get some clarity. I'm just trying to look it through the owner's eyes the same way of how I did several, several, several shows back about my about owners being reticent to give massive contracts to the Bryce Harpers, the Manny Machalos because it gets spurred, right? Because, hey, it alleviates their wallets. Imagine not having to pay for that year, the $30 million. I on mean, this that's wallet.
1: the thing that's going to be coming up next year as far as because um, MLB owners are trying to shave money. He's noticed that, uh, the trend of signing players while they're young. Yeah. And player. Uh, be- MLB owners and really all sports are doing this now uh, thanks to analytics and things. We're projecting how good you're gonna be in the next few years. We're not paying people for what they did in the past. Um, so it's like okay, let's let's sign this guy. let's hein- let's sign Juan Soto to a long-term contract before he hits his, uh, his free agency and uh it's, and give him a boatload of money but not as much of a boatload as we would have to pay out in four seasons from now when he's hitting free agency and he's demanding the 300 million dollar contract that the other guy's are getting
2: yeah there um, are those cheating astros who have to pay what bregman and um yeah, Altuve, Altuve and all that correa springer I mean, that, 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 that bill is going to come due. But that's the other point, though. If I'm the owners, my God, would I love a shortened season because if I have a super team that i built, just the Angels themselves, the money they have invested in Anthony Rendon and then in Mike Trout, I wouldn't have to – oof, it's a big amount of money that you're leaving yourself. Of. And maybe you can redistribute it. And that's a conversation maybe they want to have, some back pay for the next following year, right? You don't get your full contract, but maybe you get an additional third of it. So you get your you get your games played, and then you get a third of what would have been in totality, which is still a substantial amount of money as an added bonus. So you can just label it as 2020 roster, right? 2020 roster bonus for a 2021 contract. And I think that's amenable. It's a windfall. And who's really? Because what it's gonna do is inflate your contract for that year. It's guaranteed money. They can't be touched upon. But that's the part. Is it's the art of thinking outside of the box. And you have. And that's the problem. Not to go lower one on one for everybody. We guys know this. That's the problem with a, a bargaining agreement. It's so ironclad that if if it's, if you're ironing that shirt and it has a crease, that crease can't come out, man. It's just stuck there. That's that air bubble that can't come in. So you have to have like that creative thinking, I guess, that happens. I think it's very interesting because I agree with both of you that I don't think it will put baseball on critical life support. And I think the scab thing, if this proponent that we're so desperate for sports will watch anything, I'm not. But maybe there is that person who exists. I just go out there and get a run and get the breeze. But I think what happens is that you're just gonna have a wanna you, you might not get international players who wanna come over that aren't like Cuban defects. So you just want to guys who would say, Hey, I'll just stay in overseas, like you know, Korea and go wherever. And then you have guys who just maybe maybe as draft prospects while well, staying in college, or just on the pros, they just might have a hardballing on the CBA in the future and also their own individual contracts. They might ask for more guaranteed money. They might ask for player options, they might ask for all the stuff that's not here, but it might be um, in in like the NBA, because I don't think baseball. I haven't really seen or encountered a player option. Have you? And those player options are the ones that you roll your eyes on. Hate in basketball, where you're like, damn it, I really want to trade him, but no one wants to trade him. And I know he's gonna, you know, well, opt in. Oh, John- Carlos
1: Santana has a player option with the Yankees. Does
2: he? Yeah. I mean, he's but the idea. Okay, so that's my exception. But his thing is, and I I would kind of say that contract's not the rule i would say it's more the exception because it's so spread out i don't know when his option would expire i just remember it was for I the 13th season is it next season oh he's gonna opt yeah, or in the this way.
1: season i'm not sure but it's after i think this season or next season that he can be like yeah i'm gonna stay here and get paid thirty million or or i don't know how much I, th- I think it jumped up to like 25 million something like that something massive and ridiculous per year
2: but the great thing is it's not as massive as the new ones. But to bring that to the point, though, that might be something that they look for in the guaranteed contracts as a norm, not an exception, because I knew about like a lot of them have had those extended yeah. years. I'm usually seen the player options done in basketball, and they're smart to do it because remember uh, about three, four years ago when the salary cap just shot up and everybody was getting stupid deals. Guys who are like six and seven men on the bench – are getting like these $14, 15 million dollar years? Our own uh, Tyler, uh, Tyler Johnson. That th- part of it was the poison pill of how they were doing with the match salaries over. What was it, Brooklyn? But you know, you you take from what other things happen, man. Yeah, that's uh, from other the, sports.
1: Uh, the salary cap jumped from I forgot what. To, it just jumped significantly high because they made like a boatload of money, and there was just a ton of money, and teams are just throwing. Uh, throwing money at guys that should never have seen that amount of money in the in their in their lifetime. Of course, Tyler not. Johnson especially.
2: But uh, forgive me for taking a long wind on advocating for soulless businessmen. But I felt like what's the fun in having a podcast if all three of us are going to be like you're terrible people.
1: Oh no 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 that's uh, it's a good point and there are people who have that opinion. They're on the side of the owners and saying, you guys like they're like this seems reasonable especially people who let's say they're not billionaire owners but maybe they own their own business there are people out there that pay season tickets for for and have some pretty swanky seats have their own businesses they're not they're not gajillionaires, but they got some nice cash and they're looking at the players like look they're they're giving you stuff they're still going to pay you something and something that's ridiculous amount that I don't even see as an owner of my own business. Why aren't you playing? So that's yeah. some, what some people think too. So you, what you said, there are people with that opinion. There are people who are workers anyways, and they're like, well, I don't get paid that much, and I go, I go to work every day, and I, I shovel garbage into this and that, and it's, I come home stinking to high heaven. I only get paid uh, thirty thousand dollars per year, and. And gosh darn it, you guys are going to play because you guys are still getting paid millions. And even the guy, the French guy, the the 34-year-old guy who's uh, on his last leg is still getting paid uh, a minimum contract, which is still like $500,000. So he's still um, getting paid. So people are going to see it that way. There are people who are always going to see it that way. Like they, They play that. It's like, well, they don't pay teachers and... And nurses this much, so what? So it's like, okay, well, okay. So we're at an hour, guys. So let's move on to a word from our non-sponsors: people, places, things, concepts, whatever that you guys have been enjoying over the past week. Anybody want to start? Outside of Age of Wonders, Planetfall invasions, you know because that is always they're an actual sponsor and you can get that on your ps4 your xbox one or your pc you know you can get it for like 50 bucks on steam with like the expansion that came out get it all bundled and everything that's a good deal if, if you know what i mean
2: it's the best deal well I'll, I'll go first um give some time because you can't play age of wonders on your switch right But let me tell you what I have been playing on my Switch. Because, you guys, The Last of Us 2 comes out June 19th. Super excited. Very excited. Um, You know, I did a replay through of the first one. Just to kind of... It's been seven years. So, like, all right, we'll do the replay and get the brain going. But then I was like, all right, we're done, right? So I beat it. And I was like, what can I start or continue that kind of... Gets my attention span, but is it overly long? Because, you know, my biggest complaints have always been the new era of video games are exceptionally too long. You know, some game like, I was looking at Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'm like, ah, crap, you're like 80 hours. I want to play this game that comes on this day, the money comes out, versus being invested in you, starting your story, and then getting caught up. So I decided to boot up my little Switch. She's been lonely, you know. It's been a while. I've had to just kill through the backlog. And then I said, all right, I don't know about you guys, I kind of love a little bit of that beat-em-up dungeon crawler games I can grind stuff to, mm-hmm. um, you know, play some music, listen to some audiobooks. So I looked at my Switch library, and I see on the cover some of my favorite friends that I grew up with as a kid that I learned to become, that sh- that shaped my formative years, really, and then continued my consistency now as a as a attorney at 30 years old, And I had Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 with Wolverine on the cover with everybody else. I was like, man, you know what? Let's just get back into it. Because I had only played an hour of it when I was in New Orleans with my buddies. And I kind of forgot about it um, versus it. But I have dedicated way too much time since I started on Friday. I probably popped in between 15 hours because it's just a grind session. You have 30 characters. And that's without the expansion pass. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to get the expansion pass where you're going through the story. The story is fine. Thanos has the Infinity Stones. Very similar to like the movies, but they're on the hunt for it. You're going to get to the Black Order. Um, but be able to play as – it's different than the other kind of beat-em-up dungeon crawlers because I'm not necessarily having play as a warlock, a bard, a anything. I get to play as Spider-Man. I get to play as Wolverine. I get to play as Nightcrawler. I was like so happy about it. There's some – play as like Falcon he's kinda lame but then there's other characters I'm like oh snap what do you do and it's Crystal who's an inhuman so aside from and I like comics you guys know I read comics and what have you I did as a kid more as an adult now wish I haven't touched my unlimited uh, account as much as I should but it's the party of four you can play online with your friends you have simplistic attacks light attacks heavy attacks can do special team attacks and then when you get your meter up you can do your extreme alliance and just do the four moves and And it's just, damn, it's such a good time. And I found myself, instead of just sticking to four guys or girls, I'm just going to want to level everybody up. Because once you get to level 20, then you unlock, to my knowledge, everybody's abilities. Then you have modifiers. It's just a good dang time. They have infinity trials, so you're not just stuck with... Playing the story and replaying chapters to grind out, you're doing missions, you have qualifiers, you are, you have debuffs and buffed abilities. And I gotta tell you, you know, whether it's making my own Marvel Cinematic Universe Avengers movies or just making my own X-Force. I mean, the other day I was working with my team of Deadpool, Nightcrawler, Spider-Man, and Wolverine. I was like, I was having a good time. I was listening to my audiobook, and then like two hours come by, and it, it's that gratifying. Hearing of your character level up, and I'm like, all right, Also, I'm at level thirty. I'm, I'm not even. I'm just like halfway through the game now. So I'm gonna put a foot in some Thanos Black Order behinds coming at them Infinity Stones when I actually continue the story. So I'm afraid because I went on to like how long to beatcom and like, oh, main story is like thirteen hours and then thirteen hours and extra is like eighteen to twenty. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna probably pop in like thirty hours on this because I want to advance everybody. I want to see all their abilities are, and I'll just choose not to play them. Right now, the only characters I don't like are Falcon Falcon, and, weirdly enough, Venom, but Venom just doesn't vibe with the kind of party I'm going for. But then they have the expansion pass for 20 bucks. I get paid tomorrow. I get to unlock additional characters. Moon Knight, who I'm reading his comics on. They got Morbius and Jared Leto movies come out. They got Punisher. They have the X-Men expansion with Phoenix, so Jean Grey and her persona is great. Um well, so they have, and then they just had a Fantastic Four one that came out, Shadow of Doom, which was supposedly the epilogue. I'm excited, and I feel like even it's gonna be like my bedtime game. I'm gonna be obnoxious if I go ever interact with human beings. I'm be like, hey guys, want to go relive being seven and beat up people as the X Men? It's fantastic. I, I'm gonna, it's gonna encourage me to read more comics maybe when I'm in the bathroom or I'm just laying before bed, or I'm just gonna revisit it because then I'll just do the Infinity Trials and just to get more credits, more leveling ups, making everybody. Fantastic, and I'm just going to create some bamps, man. I'm going to create some badass mofos up in here. So, Ultimate Alliance 3, promo code, um, grind.
1: Okay. Ooh, that was nice. Uh, that's basically just this is like getting all your, your action figures and toys together and just smashing them together. This is basically it.
2: Yeah, this is it. Saves me the embarrassment of going to the local toy shop just to you know make my imaginary voices like I used to do when I was seven and eight, and then just making storylines and doing crossovers. I mean, yeah, it's like my own. It's not a creative sandbox, but damn it, it's just what I need for the nostalgia feels.
1: All right, guys, I guess I'll go second here. So uh, I mentioned this earlier uh, to you guys before that. Uh and uh okay Andrew well, uh,
0: well so um
1: I've been I mean you know we've been been stuck inside watching stuff and uh I'd been watching something I hadn't watched this in a while. I hadn't watched the last season and I just got back into it. My my non sponsor is uh Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Because uh I hadn't seen any of the last season And there were some episodes from the last few seasons that I hadn't seen either. And this show is just good. It's just fun. It's just funny. I enjoy it way too much. Uh, I I like all of the characters. I like the vibe of it. I like just I I like Bob. I I like the premise. It is just it's just good old fun. Uh, Every episode, you don't really know what to expect in every episode. Uh the most you can expect is the kids are going to do something crazy. Uh Bob is going to be in a situation he didn't want to be in. Uh but it's going to turn out good in the end. So, you know, of course we're going to have our our feel good stories, but uh all the characters are unique, they they just vibe and they vibe with me and so uh, the episodes have uh there's there's one episode which I think mm, Is probably like the the biggest indicator of how big this has gotten is the episode where uh, Bob and Linda offer brunch for the first time in the restaurant. Yeah. And it is animated. Each scene, or at least part of each scene, is animated by a different animator. So uh, the voices are the same, but different animators from all around the world have pieced together an episode of Bob's Burger, so you see all the different art styles, and it is just a joy. So it makes you realize that the people behind it um, uh, enjoy the art of animation. Uh, On YouTube, animation used to be a big thing, but then because of the algorithm and all that jazz, uh, it became all about watch time and all this so animation is not conducive to watch time. It's hard to animate. Animation is super hard. okay, that 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 animation I did above of our baseball broadcast for our college baseball with the eyes glowing for the panther and the uh and the and the night up there, Nitro. It is uh, Rory and Nitro. There you go, Andrew. Um, it, just that that took time for me to do. So imagine putting on hours and hours upon of 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 content just by animating and now it's digital but even then that is still difficult to do it's time consuming frame by frame piecing it together and editing it voicing it it is hard these people have made a fantastic show and i enjoy it i've been watching it on uh Watch cartoons online if you want to watch uh, stuff without having to pay a subscription. Uh, <laughs> just go on there. and uh, But b- by, by all means, buy Bob's Burger stuff to show people that uh, the people who made the show that you love it. Uh, I bought my sister the Bob's Burger cookbook that came out. That teaches you uh, how to make certain burgers that are shown in the episodes so that is pretty cool she's only made use of it a couple of times so i kind of want to take it back and use it for myself or i could just not be a cheapskate and get it you know uh that ad bug fables which i am increasingly every time i see that ad power of advertisement i feel like getting it because i love paper mario the thousand year door and it's giving me those vibes right now and the next paper mario comes out like mid so like July, so yeah, something like that. So if I buy it now, that could take me into that next Paper Mario, and that next Paper Mario looks more, looks like it's 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 got a lot more uh, inspiration behind it than the last two that have come out. So it's getting me excited. Uh, I'm not an RPG type of guy, but uh, I'll I'll play me some simple RPGs like Pokemon to Mario. That's for sure. But that's away from Bob's Burgers. Burger, make an rpg if you guys can that'd be pretty fun uh and promo code uh us gosh i'm trying to think of something from the show um i, I can't even think of anything uh, i mean
2: there, there, there's there's so many i don't know how you mess that up
1: yeah i mean there's it's
2: terrible uh, uh can i give it to you yeah sure all right i mean uh, uh thanksgiving Cause Bob loves Thanksgiving. Oh, this that's his his, yeah, holiday. that's his
1: favorite holiday.
2: Those are like some of my favorite episodes. Every yeah. like weird Thanksgiving one, because it just takes them out of sequence. I think the funniest one is when um he has to be like Fish Odor's uh, servant because he wants to get with some some woman. Yeah, some his lady. Path, yeah, and then the kids are just kind of pitting against. It. First off, side note, like how has Bob and Linda not beat their children? Because they are really like terrible kids. Like you know. I mean, if if DCM takes his kids, that's great for them, right? Because oh my, my God. God, like the the backstage, or not the backstage, but the underground gambling rink, to which Bob has to pop his stitches out. Like, oh man, my my hand would be red. What can I say? But yes, those are always some of my favorite episodes. The, that the
1: thanks. Well, the last Thanksgiving one was when he got that super fancy turkey, and he couldn't cook it because their uh, I guess their gas stove wasn't working, so he had to cook yeah. it outside in the middle of the alley. Uh, <laughs> a, yeah. Uh, oh, I could go on and on. Andrew, you are pressed for time, so please go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Not a problem. Uh, so my non-sponsor this week is Rawlings. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, as Francisco knows all too well, they are the sponsor of the Rawlings Web Gems in our college baseball commentary I th- videos. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on.
1: Uh, I think you've used Rawlings before
0: because they made your wallet. Correct, yes. but I'm using it for a different purpose this time. Oh, okay. All right. So sue me if if it's against our rules.
1: No, no, um, no. No, we've had double, I, triple
2: non sponsors before. I, and we've shared Amazon. So it's, you know. Yeah.
0: It's all the Festival of Love, baby. You love Rollins. We're here for you. So uh, in this case, I'm talking about like, love. Uh, let me pull it out of the closet here.
1: What kind of glove? Is it a catcher's glove, first base glove? Oh, he's, he's, he's going to walk back.
2: I just bought the cheap ones as a kid at Walmart, you know, when I was trying to be athletic. Right, I think I go. had a Rollins.
0: So I have two gloves from Rawlings. I've got a Fielder's glove that I got back in, let me go ahead and say 2016. 2015, yeah, 2015. I got this puppy. Um, outfielder's glove. Um, it's mostly black with some brown, uh, brown uh, lace, uh, brown siding, whatever. Nice. I love Rawlings. I've mostly used Rawlings gloves uh, my whole life, so I have a fielder's glove in black. Then I have a catcher's knit in regular tan. Um, Rawlings, I mean, I freaking use I I have a Rawlings wallet that goes just to show you how much I like Rawlings. Um, very comfortable, they uh, they wear in pretty nicely. Uh, I I mean, there's I know it's kind of a random off the cuff one it seems, but it's the smell of Baseball glove is second to none, and it kind of takes me back to playing in little league when I do uh, wear one. It's it's comfort, it's familiarity. Uh, do you guys own baseball gloves? I did.
1: Yeah, uh, they're back at my folks' place. I might have one in the back of my car. I know I have a football still back there from uh, from our our law school days. <laughs> Uh, when we had to throw around the football for a bit uh, just to uh, ease the tension. Right. But yeah, yeah.
0: Of course. Uh, so, yeah, I've gotten the opportunity to break these puppies out recently. I've had someone to play catch with. Nice. Uh, which is fantastic because I just didn't have the opportunity before, so showing a little bit of love and appreciation for Rawlings here, a promo code heart of the hide. Nice.
1: Very good. Yeah. New heart of the hides are out, by
0: the way. That is true. All right. So gentlemen, uh, that'll be it for me this evening. Uh, Have a good rest of the show. Uh, Try not to do anything that'll uh, cause us to get taken off the air. Well, no guarantees. We might have done
1: that a while ago, but <laughs> okay,
0: all right. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one. I later, know, buddy.
1: Andrew. All right, bye. All right, Charles. Well, I don't have any much else to talk about outside of what we talked about—baseball and basketball.
2: Well, so well, let's let's knock out some short segments. Oh, I think, I if have you any? have to.
1: I might have had something in the works give me a second yep. if not we'll head on over to the cage
2: all right and the cage will be pseudo lengthy because we had mm-hmm. a pay-per-view so that's a little you know preview for you
1: let's see already talked about that uh let's see we we'll gonna talk about that talked about that too uh, i do have a minor league team all right so a minor league team you can prep for your cage. This is the only thing I got. I don't have a Hall of Fame or anything else set up. All right. So I'll just go with that. So uh, better know a minor league team. Uh, we, I talk about the 4 billion minor league teams out there, especially the baseball ones before Major League Baseball decides to gut the entire minor league system. We lose a bunch of teams, which is going to be sad because ever since I started this segment, it's been a real joy learning about these places Uh, A lot of these minor league teams, especially the lower levels, they're in very small towns, small cities, small communities. And a lot of them have been there for a long time, or at least have had several iterations of minor league teams over the course of decades. And it's going to be sad to see those teams get cut out. Uh, This team, though, I don't think will get cut out because they're in the Florida State League the minor league spring training complexes are there already. And uh, so I'm sure baseball is going to justify saving these teams. And this is a Florida State League team. I'm going with the Fort Myers Mighty Muscles.
2: That's the best name you could name a minor league team. I'm just saying that right now. Like, and no, they just Mighty named Mighty the team muscles. that right now. Like so, for reals, for reals.
1: Yeah, this is their debut season as the Mighty Muscles. And I'll, I'll get through there. Their team history, because it has a Miami spin to it, a Marlins spin to it as well. So the Fort Myers Mighty Muscles, they were established in 1926. That's how far back this team goes. They were originally the Fort Myers Palms, And then they moved to Miami for uh, the following season uh, and became the Miami Hustlers.
2: Oh, that's such a cool hus name.
1: Yeah, They yeah, Miami had some pretty. They had the Miami Hustlers, like the Miami Sun Sox, the Miami uh, Tourists, That was a, that was a team name. The Miami Amigos. So there's a lot of pandering there, uh, and this team became suspended after 1928 Great Depression and all that. The uh, Forest State League came back like somewhere in like the late 1930s. But this team didn't come back. But what they did, they came back as the Miami Marlins, the second iteration of this team. Uh, and they were most notably a Baltimore Orioles affiliate during that time. So a lot of great Orioles players. The Orioles used to be really, really good back then. They won a couple World Series around the time. And uh, the, the Miami Marlins... Uh, Were there was a team name from 1962 until 1970, then they became the Miami Orioles for a time. Cal Ripken Jr. played there, Uh, then they renamed back to the Miami Marlins. Then they changed their name to the Miami Miracle. And then, following the when the, uh, the Florida Marlins were named as the next National League team along with the Rockies, the Miracle decided to move back to Fort Myers. They became the Fort Myers Miracle, and that's what they've been known as ever since until now when they decided to jump on the bandwagon of, uh, I guess, the last decade or so of minor league teams naming themselves odd things, especially in Florida, very, uh, uh, I don't know, nautical-themed names. You got the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, and now you got the, the Clearwater Threshers, the brand to marauders you got now the fort myers mighty muscles and their logo is pretty cool
2: it's, let's take a uh, peek at it
1: yeah it's a uh, it's a bivalve a clam with uh the the middle of it with j- he's just jacked he's just ripped and so that, there you go
2: that doesn't that doesn't look correct. In my head, I had a picture of a clam with two arms out, like a Pokemon with a baseball bat. It that's kinda kind of looks of, like a
1: Pokemon, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's either the alternative is a baby coming out of a, you know, yeah. vagina and just with a baseball uh, bat. yeah, that's, me.
1: that's true as well.
2: You see, <laughs> so, we, we promised Andrew, uh, but it's too I'm late. I'm a promise breaker. Yeah, this is
1: kind of like, uh, was it on on Reddit or whatever? It's like mods are asleep. Daddy, Do just this go crazy on it. Yeah. Uh, so and and Andrew is a mod on Reddit. So I guess that kind of it's par for the course. So uh, they are the man, minor league affiliate of the Minnesota Twins. They used to be for the San Diego Padres. Uh, I said the Phillies and the Baltimore Orioles. They've won seven championships in the Florida State League. Uh, five of them were when they were in Miami as the Orioles and the Marlins. And two of them, 2014 and 2018, as the Miracle in Fort Myers. Uh, As far as notable alumni, they got a ton of them. Uh, When they were in Miami as the Marlins and the Orioles, you had Ferguson Jenkins. These are Hall of Famers. Uh, Eddie Murray, Jim Palmer, Cal Ripken Jr. Some other significant players. Don Baylor, Jose Canseco was here as well. And then... Uh, as far as uh, when they were in Fort Myers, uh, a lot of the Twins players. So Michael Kadiar, Tori Hunter, Francisco Liriano, David Ortiz. Uh, a lot of people don't remember. He came up with the Twins. Uh, Miguel Sano right now with the Twins. And Joe Maurer. Uh, That's a retired.
2: lot. So is that just basically all the Minnesota Twins' best players?
1: Yeah. Ba- anybody yet you remember from the Twins between 92 and now? That's where they, they they made a stop in Fort Myers.
2: More power to uh, them.
1: So a little trivia for you. They they are partially owned as of now by Mike Vec, the son of, uh, uh well, I, I think he's a Hall of Famer, but a uh, Bill Vec, uh, innovative owner in baseball. A lot of the things that you take for granted in baseball games now, he was a pioneer of. Jimmy Buffett is huh. also part owner of this team and Bill Murray. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Bill Murray. He Bill Murray is a huge baseball fan, of course. He's a Cubs fan. And, yeah, you know, I thought he would have
2: I thought he would have some kind of investment in that area, you know, keep it local. Yeah, but... I mean, uh,
1: he I, I don't know. I guess uh he probably had some friends And he's like, hey, you want to buy part of a baseball team? Any team? did not have to be cubs base." And he's like, yeah, why not?
2: So, fun question. If you had the opportunity to have a stake in a baseball team, major or minor, or any kind of sport that has the same thing, would you invest your money into it? It'd be kind of cool to say, right? Oh, yeah. I probably would. It's one step ahead of saying I own stock in Apple, but you have literally one share.
1: (laughs) It's true. If I could own... 0.5 0.5 percent of a minor league a single a minor league baseball team in montana or whatever i'd be like yep i'm the owner of the montana i don't know moose whatever you want to call them i don't know i have to look up i haven't i don't think montana we've had a montana Mules. based minor league team but
2: yeah but i i think i think that'd be much cooler because here's the thing you're you're playing the game, right? Think about it this yeah. way, because you're giving them your monies just to see the team. Might as well give them your monies to pay the team right. directly. That, you know, I don't and say the get lingo the a lot. Yeah.
1: That's what people it, like.
2: It's a boss move, man, as the kids yeah. would say.
1: You get the access. You get, to, you get to hang out at the baseball field all day if you want to. Just go. Go down to the locker room. I mean, people, like... People, some people hate on Mark Cuban, but honestly, if you were an oh, owner, wouldn't you want to do that?
2: And just... especially if you're an owner of a team that you love. I mean, Jordan, when you think about it, Dick owner, great player, but you know he made sure to bring back you know the Charlotte Hornets. That's his thing. Yeah. That was the affiliation. I would give probably both my testicles to own stake in the Yankees. So I get yeah. it, man. That'd be a coolest oh, yeah. thing. You know? Oh, yeah.
1: No, I'll yeah, just single share. I mean, Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter, our, our Lord and Savior. It's he's like, a biracial angel. Yeah, he's a biracial angel. He understands the struggle that's going on right now. And he, like, the Marlins were up for sale. the And he and a bunch of other guys, they got together, and he's probably thinking, yeah, let's go. He didn't care. He probably didn't care if it was the Marlins or if it was the Yankees or if it, anybody else. He was like, I'm going to go down to Miami and get it done. Yeah. So uh, that's that's what's going on. I mean, A-Rod wants to buy the Mets. Imagine that. Ooh, yeah,
2: that that's <laughs> that's going to be a it's mess. Different, it's different with Jeter because there's that whole calming assurance. Plus, Jeter can kind of handle the criticism well. I don't right. imagine A-Rod could do it as an owner. right? Um, because he, he, A-Rod wasn't bad with the media. But when the steroid stuff came out, he just kind of – you can tell he took some acting classes. That's right. what I'll keep to it. Because as a player, when he was being he, criticized, because
1: he, he currently has a PR firm at this moment, yeah. directing everything he does. Because uh, he came out with something like that, the players should play, and a lot of players hated him for that right now. And he just he shut up after that. So there is somebody, you know, behind the scenes telling him, "Shut up right now! Don't say anything, anything about well, the labor thing. Just shut up." Uh, you notice Derek Jeter's name hasn't come out with regards to – he's he's a, he's an owner now. He's on the other side. But well, he, the only the thing, thing you hear about him is, hey, we're going to keep paying the minor league players. Yep. We, and they did. haven't let go of any minor league players. So it's like, you know, Jeter That's knows stuff.
2: A-Rod gave bad names to players. Yeah. That's the thing, and that's what he doesn't understand. And he's a handsome, charismatic, well-spoken guy. He's gonna have a successful post career. But you know, Jeter, Jeter has. And that was always, it. Was weird because talking as a Yankee fan of like, hey, this is always kind of the same. The comparison, even now, you're right. Post ownership and all that stuff. There was always a different way of how you carried yourself, and you're not the most loved person because you were basically creating a. Bidding war. At that time, he was the only guy seeing that kind of astronomical amount of money. You gotta remember that. He was mm-hmm. telling uh he what he was telling Mariners no, and then he told Texans no or the Rangers no. And then he was just kinda he knew he wanted to go to New York, but he w- we were kind of sweating it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he was kind of like just tickling with the Red Sox for a while, and then he did it again announcing his Free agency during the World Series, I think in, correct me if I'm wrong, 06, 07? Or was it 05? One of the one of them. It's been so many years. We're old, right? But he, he wasn't yeah, most likely. The Yankees had
1: then, to re sign him after he got traded from Texas. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then came the. um, the Then steroids, just came all dude. the controversy of the steroids. And mm. he wasn't really contrite. He was just kind of like, I'm just going to be gone for a bit. And then he came back and he played well. And then, remember, we pushed him out too. Because we did.
1: At the end. Uh, yeah. Like 2016. End,
2: because now we, we were just kind of like, well, we got to favor this guy. He, out of all the Yankees who contributed, he got the most unceremonious ending ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, because at that point, because you had and said, you said your goodbye to Mariano. You said your goodbye to Jorge. You said your goodbye to, to Andy Pettit, Bernie Williams, and then finally Derek Jeter at the end. And I was like, ah, it is complete now. Ah, yeah. A rod's still here, <laughs> you know.
2: Terrible sensation, but um, bring it and, back. And A rod <laughs>
1: had his moments. He had, he hit three thousand that season when he got pushed out, you know. And he had a home Ooh. run for his three thousandth hit, but it wasn't the same. Like when Jeter hit it,
2: it was more emotion. Plus, Jeter had the seminal proper end game in Boston, getting that game uh, game winning run in, if I remember correctly oh, no. from my well, old actually, age. No, it was... The one against it was the Orioles, single.
1: right? Well oh. that was his last Yankee Stadium one.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about just a uh, oh, last his appearance.
1: Last, yeah, he got his last ever base hit, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah. It's
2: okay. been it's been a while, and I, here's the thing: I'll give credit to people who know sports like that off the top of their head, because each year there's always a new memory. Each year there's a new add-on. So for me, it's tough, especially if we're not going to have baseball this year. But um. Bring- it back. I don't. I lost my train of thought. But Derek Jeter, you are the Marlins' Lord and Savior. You're my biracial angel. We love you. Come join the show. Follow us on Twitter. Sportsgoosefjojr. Danfryholay. It's for Andrews not here and Charles the True. Um, A Rod. I'll I'll whore myself out to your following. Go ahead and follow us too. It's okay.
1: <laughs> so uh, let me just finish my thoughts on Fort Myers, and then we'll move on to. Uh, we'll close out with your cage. Uh, a couple more facts out here. Uh, between 1989 and 1991, the Mighty Muscles, or at the time, the, the Miami Miracle, they had moved out of aging Miami Stadium, and they played their home games at FIU Stadium. So FIU Baseball Stadium, uh, our, one of our alma maters. And Key West High School, they played some games down there too. And Papano Beach Municipal Stadium, which is has since been torn down in Pompano Beach. So they kind of moved around a bit before finally moving to Fort Myers. So they play at Hammond Stadium, spring training complex for the twins. Uh, they also share with the Rookie League Gulf Coast Twins there. And it's named after William Hammond Jr., who lured the twins away from Orlando. So Andrew's not here to hear that. The twins were playing spring training in Orlando before. And they moved to Fort Myers, the nice fancy building. Uh, they, uh, the facade of the building is made to resemble Churchill Downs in Kentucky, where the Kentucky Derby is is held. And their dimensions of the field are not exactly like the one they have in Target Field in Minnesota, but one of their practice fields does have the exact dimensions of their home baseball field. And that's it. That's all I got for the Fort Myers Mighty Muscles. And this would have been their inaugural season under this name. But the minor league baseball season has been canceled until next year. So we'll have to wait till next year to get some Mighty Muscles baseball. That's it. That's all I got. So, Charles, yeah, you get to take over,
2: my dude. All right. All right. As I promised, it's going to be kind of lengthy. Not too lengthy, but lengthy enough, right? Mm. Just right. It's just like the three little bears and the bedside the porridge that you want you just want right so welcome everybody to your weekly truplex the cage with charles you know this is where we kind of come in we we sit down we see our minds and we wonder about what a universe would be when vince mcmahon's not running the WWE, and there's parody and other competitions going on wait there is some competition going on AEW impacts coming back why because as we progress with this whole covid corona cv stuff there's gonna be opportunities to bring back more wrestling because New Zealand has seemingly eliminated some of the COVID concerns, so they might open it up back up. New Japan's going to do this stuff, but before we go to that, I figure I'd change the intro a little bit, right? Just for fun, since Andrew's not here, just to kind of derail it and give the anxiety. What do we know about wrestling? It is scripted. It is it. It's not fake. It is poetry motion. It's a ballet about men and women chasing championships, French betraying each other. People just want to beat the holy hell out of each other, Francisco. And boy, oh boy... Was there some holy hell being out of each other? Because as I left you guys off last week, NXT, the third brand on WWE, the developmental brand, Tune In Wednesdays at 8 uh, p.m., had their pay-per-view.
1: Yes, and, okay, so I was, uh, when that happened, I was fooling around on Periscope, and a certain Triple H was watching it, and you could kind of watch it with him, which is kind of weird. But yeah, I, they had that. They had their kind of uh, social media thing going, and I watched a little bit of that. It was interesting. It's kind of weird, kind of sitting there with him, but you know.
2: Yeah, I I mean I I love me some NXT pay per views. I think that's where the best quality matches come from. The WWE, um, you have your typical headliners. This one was themed as in your house. So the backstory right. is that the in your houses used to be the pay per views from 20 years ago, hell, almost 30 years ago. God, will are be 2020? Yeah, I mean, a couple of years, it'll be 30 years from now. So there's some notable in-your-houses. I think they had the first casket match in there. They had the Canadian Stampede. I think that's when the Hart Foundation went against Stone Cold Steve Austin and his buddies. Um, so they kind of brought it back. They even got the original uh, guy, Tom something. I forgot his name. I'll get back to original. To do announcements, they had a... Um, They had some of the wrestlers kind of doing like their their old Gerald impressions for the old commercials. They had the set attire for it to kind of look like the old in your house, like the actual house coming into it. I think Johnny Gargano, when he was coming out of his match, comes in with uh, Doc Hendricks in the ground, also known as uh, Michael P.S. Hayes, and just changes thermostat, goes in. So they have fun with it. Wrestling's still kind of awkward without an audience, but what they've been doing, the WWE at least, has been planting NXT talents and guys who are in the performance center and gals in the performance center to kind of play off the crowd. I don't like it as much, Francisco, because you're taking away the emotion and you're making, you're making actually fan reaction be more scripted than it should be. Granted, fan reaction is super scripted. It's on the nose, really. You know if you're in Chicago, you can get them shouting, CM Punk, who is a wrestler, they just cannot get off of that hype train. Listen, I'm weird with CM Punk. I've only seen a lot of ma- a few matches from him. Mostly when he won WWE championships. Low backstory on him. Wrestler, Ring of Honor, won many Ring of Honor championships. Came onto the WWE. I didn't really get to see much of him because that's when I was off into the world uh, of non-wrestling. I actually mm-hmm. got back into wrestling during law school, but I knew of him. You know. There was stuff I knew, but people would love him to death, and he had his moniker Best in the World. Now, mind you, with WWE Network, they now have a free version, so for those who hear me out, Vince, I'm doing you a solid, man. You can watch CM Punk wrestling matches and see what the hype is. I mean, I've seen some stuff from him. I don't mind it, but the whole basis of his Chicago... Because he's a chicago guy um they'll shout cm punk and it kind of carried over to other crowds because when the when they don't like certain faces or heels they'll shout cm punk i think it's rather obnoxious it's almost as obnoxious as the crowd going what every time somebody has a mic that being said um it's weird when it's a plant for me plants being someone who's placed in to do a certain thing to say cheer or shout, you can shout shout the wrestler's name, but if they're saying this is awesome or they're saying you know some other things or catchphrases, I'm like, eh, it takes away because that's really your connectivity to your crowd. Uh-huh. When you have an actual crowd saying this is awesome, or we have a crowd saying holy bleep. Or, you know, when a big spot happens. Or when Bray Wyatt's on, those shout, Yowie, wowie. That's the ultimate connection. That's how you know you did it. And I feel like these people who are paid, and I feel bad for them, because they've had to stay up, you know, they had to stand still for the tapings and uh, mm. for the pay-per-views, and then Raw and SmackDown and NXT. But it felt weird. And I'd rather they just don't continue with the crowd. It doesn't stop me. And me and my buddy have discussed it. We was like, oh, I, I'm not going to watch wrestling. There's some fans. So I'm like, well, the fans add to it. But you can appreciate the movie. This is how I've explained to it. It's like watching a foreign language movie, but it's like martial arts or an action movie where you can appreciate the action. You don't know what they're saying, but if you have the subtitles, it adds on. But yet I can still watch *Ong Bak* or I can still watch *Hero*, um, featuring Jet Li, or you know a J- police story. One of the Jackie Chan movies that aren't dubbed, right? That I used to love like the other night, *Super Cop*. Mm-hmm. I, I, or I can watch those and still appreciate for the action and the intensity because wrestlers can convey that emotion. Um, I might know what the hell is being said because it's a different dialect, but I can still view it for what it is. So I'm still on the fence of it, of having like plants, people who are employed by WWE to have the crowd reactions. Not crazy about it, whatever. The matches themselves.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I, so, it's, see, it's, it's so – it's so – uh, was disingenuous it, it's so like you want a genuine reaction when you have people that are there but they're not yeah. really there for the right reasons or they weren't some guy that you know paid his ticket went in didn't know what to expect and is has genuine honest reactions
2: and, and what killed me what kills me is they have them wearing their shirts and everything, you know. So you'll have like this one wrestler wearing a, you know, Keith Lee shirt.
1: They they might as well have been like a, uh, uh, the fake crowds that you see in the video games, you know.
2: It really is, and it does feel like that. But that aside, the matches were pretty good. What I'm finding is that half of this roster needs to be called up now. Called up being to be put to Raw and SmackDown. It's kind of tough because of the times because we're not having that mass interplay, but you're seeing a lot of the repeat people. But that's not really an issue of the pay-per-view. They still have better matches than what you'll get on the main roster pay-per-views. Highlights of the match, I was pleasantly surprised by the six-woman tag team match. It was Shotzi Blackheart versus... They all teamed up, so three versus three. Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, and um, Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae. Dakota Kai and Raquel um, Gonzalez. It was a story within the story because Mia Yim was feuding with Candice LeRae uh, because their men are fighting each other, too. And then the other women were feuding against each other for months and months. And So I felt that it was a good, quick, fun pace because I was like, meh, it's probably going to be sluggish. Damian Priest versus Finn Balor was my favorite match of the night. Those boys went at it for two 30-year-old men. They have like the stamina and cardio of like a 25-year-old man because they kept going. The, the match was aggressive there was a good story pseudo being told where uh, Damian priest was just keeping attacking the back of Finn Balor. He was side sliding along the steps. He tried to get the steps, steel steps out there to throw him on. Um, I, I was, wasn't crazy about his ring attire because it was weird, but Finn came in as this aggressive, energetic man. They, they told a very, I see booty shaking on the, uh, the Twitter fear, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll stop
1: for a little bit on that one.
2: I, I think we all did and we appreciate you. Um, but it was good back and forth. It was a good David versus Goliath, but David doesn't just ha- David doesn't have a slingshot. David's got an Uzi because Finn Balor is that intense. They made Damian Priest look like a monster in losing. Um, it ended when he was trying to go for a razor's edge slash outsider's edge because Damian Priest is a big Scott Hall guy, so he does one of his moves, his finishers there, as a homage to him. And Finn was able to slip out, and then he hit. Damian on the outside and Damian fell on the steel steps on his back. It was a perfectly tipped bump. I loved it and that rolled in and then Finn's finisher and then there was some respect there. Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano followed it for the North American Championship. Very good. Not better at Damian versus Keith Lee though ESPN because it's weird ESPN this whole provider of sports has segments about WWE and they actually rate the matches. And I think that's what's the great thing about wrestling is that you could be kind of condescending and rate an actual match. A pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. You don't do it for the Super Bowl, right? You're like, oh, was it was an okay Super Bowl. It was a good Super Bowl. It was a great Super Bowl. NBA Finals. But here we are in this coding because we love rating things, right? It's our thing. Humanity loves to give a score. and you So if you had to be like, Charles, what was your score for Damian Powell? I was like, 4.5. And I'm looking at ESPN. They love Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano. It started slow. They had Johnny kind of being the kind of crap heel that he should be it's weird because he's been baby babyface for so long but you gotta try something new right and i do like he has a very punchable face so i'm, I'm behind it um told the story of keef eye being injured you know his hand was bust up from johnny gargano and you almost felt like um that johnny was gonna win and and Johnny's a small, small man. Great technical wrestler. Um, some people say he's bland, vanilla. But you know, people like to hate things. You know, that, that, the internet wrestling community is a very toxic environment where we just can't have nice things, right? It's like it's like the Office. You know, after season three, the best is really gone. Season four and five are good in quality and sometimes very great, very good and great. Season six is whatever. Season seven is. Pretty good, and then Mike leaves, and then season eight is just really kind of bad. And season nine is good because it comes back into it, but you appreciate the little spurts of it. That's how I quit wrestling. I never thought I could put the two of them together, though I, I just did. So hey, yay me! Um, so it, it was interesting. There was good bumps in there. There was a point where Keith Lee just totally just uh, shoulder tackled Johnny Gargano through the pe- plexiglass that they had in there. He put a beating on Johnny. Johnny did this amazing through the ropes DDT on the outside that was just so impressive. I mean, you see the setting in the background. It was used a bit. Uh, More importantly, big ups to Keith Lee because on his trunks on his back, you know, it says Black Lives Matter. You know, he's a black man, African-American. I don't know how he identifies himself, but it's kind of... I won't say it's dangerous. I think you have to know who owns the WWE and, you know, Vince McMahon, his wife was in the president's cabinet for Small Business Administration Vince has been known to you know, donate to that. So that's really I, – and I don't think Vince necessarily would say, hey, um, you're fired or anything like that. And there's not necessarily a causal link of a person's support of Black Lives Matter to being anti-Trump. It just seems to be that way. So I'm, I'm not trying to connect pieces hmm. of the puzzle that don't fit. I'm just saying that they might fit, right? I don't know how Keith Lee might feel towards it. But I think that's a great – like st- because wrestling, you get blackballed. I'm going to say that right effing now. I can just give you. If you give me time, I'll write you a list of guys who say an opinion, guys who didn't have the look, guys who were supposed to be great, pushed and then shot down because Vince McMahon didn't like you. And mm-hmm. sometimes that expression comes in. Now, mind you, Triple H oversees NXT. Vince doesn't really, you know, oversee it, but Vince still cuts the check. So, right, I it would be bad business if it really is that personal vendetta. Uh, and I won't even say personal vendetta because honestly, it feels unfair to Vince to say that. But. Politics is a weird game, man. Where just having an opinion that's outside of what your bosses is, you know, can lead to that downplay. Mind you, you know, you wouldn't want Keith Lee to leave. The guy's been your hottest star in NXT for a while. Um, but good ups for him because sometimes, sometimes the message matters, and it's something always directed. So that that's true power into it. Velveteen Dream versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. Backlot Brawl with the stipulation that. Um, Keith Lee, you can always follow me on Twitter, buddy. Been loving you since you come to the Fort Pierce stuff. Live events, very happy you're there. Follow us on Twitter, Sports Goops. That's just my shout-out to them. Keith, uh, Keith Lee, I'm going to my mind. Um, Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream, NXT Championship, Backlot, Brawl, Condition. He's a big boy, man. Like He used to play defensive tackle, I believe, at one of the colleges, so mm. I wouldn't want to beat me up. Don't beat me up. Um, so the stipulation was if Velveteen lost... He wouldn't get another title shot, so that made people think that he was going to get called up if he lost. The match was okay. I don't like the cinematic matches, except for the AJ Styles-Undertaker-Boneyard match and Bray Wyatt versus John Cena because that was a different kind of road trip there. Andrew could attest to it. They did the best that they could, but it still took place in a ring and then outside a ring. It wasn't as violent as it should have been. Um, Adam Cole won, so Velveteen Dream cannot challenge for the championship as long as adam cole has the belt there's some controversy because people it, it's got a little still of adam cole as main champion i appreciate his talents i love me some adam cole baby i have a shirt of his i also have a Velveteen dream shirt but you need new challengers and the expectation when, when you put up a, a great condition like that of cannot challenge it as long as this person's still champion still you think that they're gonna win it did not happen um Velotin came out like Negan from The Walking Dead. Big ups on that. But I felt it could have been a little bit more brutal. There's a spot where Adam Cole went through a glass windshield in front of the car, but it, it was taped, so it goes from there. My problem with the cinematic matches is that we go from, um, I'll keep this portion as PG, some matches play out like it's a Scorsese movie, and then sometimes it feels like a porno where it's just quick shots <laughs> to everybody's face and i think i'll just implore you to watch the link so you can just go from there but it was like hurt in my eyes I'm like god ah, jesus Mayor of Crowley what the hell um, so I couldn't go into it mind you I think one of the reasons why Velveteen lost was because of the controversy around him there's allegations that he may have revealed his generals to a minor on Instagram or one of the social media stuff. not knowing uh-huh. that's up for them to figure out but I would vent, and this was a couple weeks ago but I would venture if it was to happen then that's probably why he lost but if he really did do it he'd probably be released and it would never be heard of again there's ways you have to think I've thought the best bet to go was have Adam Cole win and have Keith Lee actually drop the belt to Johnny Gargano so Keith Lee can challenge Adam Cole, baby, and beat him for the NXT Championship. That's solidifying that, but um, who knows. Uh, pay-per-view debut for Karrion Cross was Scarlett against Tommaso Ciampa. It was not a long match, but it was the match that needed to be because Karrion Cross, also known as Killer Cross from Impact Wrestling, and his Indies horse is a freaking animal. Guys, like 6'4", 260 plus pounds of lean muscle comes in with the most intensity of his eyes. Tommaso Ciampa was the right guy to feed with him because I think it might be time to call up Ciampa. Granted, I don't know how much legwork he has left because he's 36, he's had the knee injury, he had the neck injury. Maybe he wants to keep it easier in NXT and then transition to producer. I don't know. Sometimes you don't know what your fate's going to be. Um, I don't know if he can contribute much, but he's not a bland man. I mean, his whole concept is being a psycho killer. It's great you know, in that sense with a Persona even though it will get PG down. Karrion Cross though, his entrance is fire. His woman is fire. I'm about his look. He scares the absolute crap out of me. You know you have a good wrestler. Me and my buddy talk about it. You have a good wrestler. If you're going down that ring, and or if you're going down a street, like I wouldn't mess with that guy. You know, Brock Lesnar, I would not even walk on the same street. If that was my only way home, I would just like go to Burger King until I see that big man just pass by, and I go to my room. That's how you know the effect of it carrying across.
1: Massive muscle coming at you.
2: Well, have you seen Brock Lesnar? I I wouldn't even ask him, you know, to borrow his cell phone if I was, you know, lost. I would just like, it's all right, man. Probably a sweet guy. But hell all to the nah! But Karen Cross, real name Kevin Kazar, because yeah, you know, I kind of like that name too. So I was like, why don't you just call yourself Kazar? That's cool. I, I I don't know how he pronounces it. Um, he just he didn't tap out Champa. He just like destroyed him. Champa had his little bit of a run towards it, and then the animal was just too much, and he just choked him out. And I was like, all right, because you need to build new stars. I really think, forget trying to have Adam Cole rehash against new people or not new people, but people of old. Just have him. Lose the belt to Karen Cross. You already know you have a good product. I think it'll work when the crowd comes back. Because that's kind of the concern, too. These new introductions, Timothy Thatcher, um, and, you know, carrying cross, You don't know how they are because there's no crowd, so you know what they're going to connect to. It's also the same kind of chance you take when you put titles on people who never would have had a chance for the crowd to begin with, such as Apollo Crews on the main roster of the U.S. Championship, because you're giving them an opportunity to actually display what they could do now. But I think he's going to be a star. I think he's probably only going to be on the developmental brand for about a year, and they'll get called up along with Scarlett. The entrance is cool. I'll send you a YouTube link. Main event time. Oh, Lord women's, you know, look, I mean, that's a statement, right? You know, above Keith Lee and his Black Lives Matters, like, you know, that, that, that that's just an animal. And, you know, he kind of reminds me, I don't know if you ever watched Sons Anarchy, but he has, like, that face from um, Juice, I think it was his name, I don't remember, but he had, like, the yeah. tattoos on a ball guy uh-huh. Frick, I forgot his name, but he also plays Shades on Luke Cage. But he's just, and I feel like that picture doesn't do justice. Because here's the thing, Francisco, I've seen some of these guys live. Because they'll come into local NXT before it went on USA. It would go do the local house shows. Um, so it be at the Fern Center, and in Miami they'll have some stuff too. So it's a small like little gym, and then you get to see the guy live. Like Keith Lee is massive. I have seen him in person. Damian Priest is massive. Like their genitals are on top of my head in that height, man. Like they're big people. So it's like holy crap. So, you know, sometimes it's just not that. You know, it, there's more to them. Like these they, they sell the part. And I think if if you're proposing as Karrion Cross as being this this um monster, he has the look of it. Whereas some people don't cuz looks are deceiving. Main event, triple threat match, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, Yo Shirai, NXT Women's Championship. What do we know is that Even though I'm burnt out on Charlotte Flair because I think she needs to create a new character, I at least least know she can create a good match. Her match with uh, Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania was probably the best match, even though I do have a lot of love for Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens going against each other. But they showed up. Charlotte won that title. She's been going down to NXT and defending it. Yosha Rai was competition for her and then she got herself disqualified to retain her belt. They put the stipulations. It was fine. Like if Charles had to do a rating scale, I gave it like a 375. People were calling a 4425. There's always, in a triple threat, There's especially with a high flyer, there's a, a weird kind of like standstill that kind of comes into it. So there was a good spot where Yo's on top of that house and then she cross bodies onto Charlotte and Rhea. But then I think about Zach Sabre, um, who was originally the British Pro Revolution champion in New Japan, saying like, people should just move out of the way if you see somebody climbing. They won't come down to get you. So it makes me kind of laugh. The end was controversial, not in a bad way, but to set a feud for Charlotte in the future or for Rhea because Yoshirai won the title, Charlotte had Rhea Ripley in the figure eight, it looked like she was about to tap, and then Yo went and did her moonsault. She's the genius of the sky, the evil of the sky, whatever they call her, because she's technically a heel, but she's kind of like that heel who's a face now, meaning she's the she's the bad person who's really like a good person now. She ends up hitting the moonsault on Rhea, knocks her out, basically. Like, it was a bad spot. I think her thigh or her knee actually connected with Rhea's face. It was kind of gruesome. Um, and then it's the one, two, three. Yo wins. I'm very happy that Yo won, because, or EO one, however you say her name, uh, EO one because i think she is a talent seeing her live too i just have concerns about Rhea because she was supposed to be like a consistency in the women's division but you have her drop the nxc division or women's championship to a non-nxc member in charlotte and now she's the one who ate the pin in the um in the main event so whatever but what was good it was the main event for the night and it should have been the main event to be honest with you so you know overall it was a good pay-per-view but it's the participants are getting stale because you have, like, this was Ciampa's, like, 12th or 13th takeover. This was Finn Balor's, like, go team takeover. Mind you, that was him on the main roster, now he's back. Johnny Gargano's X-Mount takeover. You gotta call up the new, or the old blood Vince. You gotta let the new blood shine. You gotta see what works. You didn't even have the tag team titles defended, so Imperium wasn't defending. They could, you could have had a ghost match or a dark match with him and uh, Oni Lurkin and Danny Burch. You gotta do something with it, right? Because you need to solidify your division because you're lacking in certain spots. You gotta build the stars. You gotta go from there. General, you know, pushing forward to the main roster. Backlash is this Sunday, and I'll keep it brief because I'm not really big on this pay per view, uh Francisco. Because summer pay per views, there's always a cool down period between post WrestleMania leading to SummerSlam. SummerSlam's supposed to be in August. We'll see if that happens. But, you know, Backlash has some matches I might care about. Like, I think Edge versus Randy Orton, even though it's not going to be the greatest wrestling okay, match so ever. i
1: watching this Keith Lee. That guy, He's a big dude. Yeah,
2: that's a big boy. Uh, yeah. Former, former. Remember, Vince McMahon doesn't want wrestlers. Vince McMahon wants guys who can convince other guys in sports to come jump ship. Lee, to my knowledge, played defense in college at like 6'1", 300 plus. It's essentially like you just got Vince Wilfork or Richard Seymour to come play for you. Um, you know, Brock Lesnar. What do you think he was doing? He was play He was doing professional, re- like actual real wrestling. Um, so he played and-
1: at Texas A and M.
2: Yeah, so, like, actually a reputable uh, college football uh, program, too. Um, so, you know, you bring in more of those guys. You know you know Vince wants Conor McGregor, Ronda, you know, people who can transition uh, the sports or, or mix it up. You know, it's always going to be the eye on the prize. And then you get the wrestlers to teach these guys how to do these things. That's the way it is, right? Um, back to Backlash, really briefly on that one. Edge and Randy, they taped it already, so they fix out whatever boo-boos. I think it could be a good match, but you need something to come from it. So if Randy wins, let me challenge Drew McIntyre for the title. If Edge wins, let me go feud with Seth, or let him just do his own thing. I don't know. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. <sighs> <sighs> I think part of the problem is Drew would have benefited his title run from having a complete roster to beat up, not the same guys. I like how they're building Bobby, but... We're going to see what happens. Is this even a few that you can extend past one month? They might because MVP, who's kind of been playing as Bobby's manager, has been helping out, but I'm just not into it. I think they might have a good Haas match, but if they try to go too technical, then I think it loses momentum. Braun Strowman versus Miz and John Morrison in a handicap match for the Universal Championship. I think it's all just a play to get Bray Wyatt back involved. Remember, they had their Money in the Bank match. Uh, He wasn't the Fiend, he was just Bray. And I think what's going to happen is there's going to be some uh, tomfoolery to bring the Fiend in because he also has history with the Miz, too, because they wrestled each other at TLC. So not the Fiend, but as Bray, and it's two different characters. That's how I distinguish it. So there might be something there. Asuka versus Nia Jax questionable, right? Because Nia has been beating up a lot of people. Asuka needs this win. I don't think Nia is going to win, but on raw Charlotte and Asuka went out for about a good 20 minutes and then Charlotte won because Charlotte always wins against Asuka. Granted Nia interfered. So it keeps everything clean, but I'm thinking they might go to a few down the line of Charlotte versus Asuka. And the story you tell is Asuka finally conquers that mountain because she can never really beat Charlotte, especially when the title's online. This time she'd be defending Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus you know they have some beef going on let them continue it I'm not really big on Vince using Jeff's drug and alcohol addictions and rest of the past as a proponent of the stories um, but whatever You ha- I I guess the relatability is that this is a guy who suffered and is going for redemption its the antithesis of an underdog story and sometimes you can't make every person the underdog right so sometimes you have to have that remorseful redeeming guy in quality it's not for a title it's just a basic feud at this point so let's see what happens Women's Triple Tag Team. Not about it because they had Bayley and Sasha just win the belts on uh, Friday. So are you going to break them up? Not break them up? That's what you've kind of been doing. I don't care anything for the match. Apollo Crews versus Andrade. I would hope that they can knock it out of the park. The work's been kind of fine. I'm ready for Andrade to get that main event scene. So that's one thing I'm very happy for Apollo. Let him run the title. Fans might not like him, but you know what? This is the opportunity to place the titles on people that don't normally have the belt because the crowds are too, you know, fickle. Speaking of fickle, SmackDown, Friday, Intercontinental Championship Finals, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan, for the vacant intercontinental championship because Sami Zayn was originally champion and then you know with the COVID stuff happened. Guess what? Couldn't necessarily travel. He doesn't feel safe. Whatever. They're saying it's an injury. There's some backstage politics on that. It's gonna be a hell of a match. Brian's probably gonna win because I anticipate AJ is gonna challenge Otis for that money bank contract. You see, that's the thing. Wrestling is a story. Francisco is connected. So that's my part, of WB. I'll say really briefly because everything else is kind of dried up. New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to start doing the wrestling again over in Japan. They're going to do it streamed or uh, streamed through their New Japan tour or whatever they have, their little app. I'm excited just because I need a little bit of that variety because they left off as a victim of circumstances because they just had Naito his win. He had his double titles. He went against um, uh, Kenta in a pretty good match. You know, New Japan, if you want wrestling, like wrestling, watch New Japan. If you want entertainment... Maybe you got WWE. And then AEW is somewhere in the in-between where I'm not sold on Chris Jericho versus Mike Tyson. I love me some Chris Jericho. Love him. <laughs> love Champion. This is not – you don't need to – you do it when you're more established. You know what I mean?
1: They're throwing out the, the gimmicky kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like year two, year three, when you're fully established and stuff like that – for many reasons, but that's just me. But New Japan, as you see on screen, they're doing the New Japan Cup. Super, uh, you know, the heavyweights and lightweights can be able to contribute to It's going to be for title shots. This is good because, as much as I've enjoyed some of the wrestling that's been on the WWE, um, a lot of it either has the weirdest stipulations or they'll have like the BS disqualifications. For New Japan Wrestling, it's basically like let's just beat the holy hell out of each other for like 35 minutes put on a show, and tell the story in the ring. There's no entertainment aspect. Hell, a lot of them kind of are not good at delivering promos. Part of it, obviously, because it's a language barrier. But even the English-speaking guys can't necessarily sell me all the time. But I'll be interested in seeing what happens because I love me some parody in this world. And right now with AEW, all I got for you right now is that they're going to do Fighter Fest at some point in July. Moxley's going to challenge Brian Cage. Um, or actually, let me rephrase that, Brian Cage is going to challenge Sean Moxley for his AEW championship. I think Best Friends is going to go against uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Hangman Page. Uh, everything in between is just trying to keep my attention span to watch on Wednesdays, and I honestly, I'd rather watch NXT to see the fallout of TakeOver versus just, oh, hey, is Chris Jericho going to call out um, Mike Tyson again? Unless we just bring in... Let, let's have fun with it. Uh, let's just bring in some dude... They should just throw money... And all the guys and be like, hey, Evander, come back here. Like, let's do this. Let's have a Evander uh, Holyfield teams up with the champion versus Mike Tyson and somebody else he goes on and someone bites somebody's ear off. Like, let's just go all in. If we're going to go ridiculous, Francisco, all in. Straight up.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. If we're going to go that's ridiculous, all I got for let's go age? ridiculous. But I'll tell you this about having Mike Tyson there. It has got me intrigued. Uh, I have liked Mike Tyson's transformation trying to repairing his image uh I, of course like mike tyson mysteries on on adult swim a uh a yeah. weird show but it, I, it's the the type of weird that i'm into so uh mike tyson in a wrestling match even at i don't know how old he is now he's probably in his 50s or something i'm all for I it, it. I, i'd be down to watch that's what i'd be going for so. Well,
2: li- listen. I'll tell you what. One of the things that WCW made fantastic was getting the cross brand stars because I will always remember Hollywood Hulk Hogan teaming up with Dennis Rodman versus DDP and Carl Malone. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it works when, and the match wasn't good. You got a few body slams. Yeah. But so what? You're you're sports entertained, right? This is what me and my buddy talk about. Sometimes you have a good wrestling match, and sometimes you are thoroughly sports entertained. And possibly, if we have uh, some people getting their ears bitten off, Jericho, I will be thoroughly sports entertained.
1: Oh yeah, I remember when that happened to Carl Malone wrestling. Oof.
2: Oh my! It, but I, I tell you,
1: like it, I it's, it's remember great. that happening, and here it is. It's a little bit of it in the background. There they are.
2: <laughs> it, it, I mean, listen. Robin. Robin, Robin was song. committed. I don't care. Yeah, it happens. But Robin.
1: But it is pretty funny how this circumstance. So, um, did you hear about the LA Galaxy player who got let go by his yes, team? Yes. Because his wife. Because of his made, wife, right? Yes, she made some. Uh, it's a Tia Katai. There we go. Uh, I think that's the name of his wife. Okay, Alexander Katai. That's the name of the dude. He was let go by the Los Angeles Galaxy. His wife made some very uh, strong messages uh, with regards to the protesters going on right now in Los Angeles. And they were. it was very uh, racial and violent. and So uh, people called for the LA Galaxy to uh let go of the player because like he's from serbia and people were like well if his wife feels those those feelings then the player has got to which may or may not be a thing maybe this is the first time it's happened he's just as surprised as everyone else we'll see how what the what the downfall of of that marriage goes especially when your wife uh gets you cut from an mlst which is pretty low in regards to the to the rungs of ladders of uh, the hierarchy of, of soccer, so if you're playing in the MLS, you're definitely not going to get picked up by somebody in Europe, in those higher leagues. You probably have to go back to Serbia and play soccer there. And yeah, he got uh, he got let go because of that. But according to, I guess people who know soccer, he wasn't having a good season last year, so it was kind of like, yeah, let's just cut our cut our losses anyways. Uh, let's just get rid of this guy. He's not really worth. The, the hassle of, of doing this, whether or not his, uh he has the same views as his, as his wife. But she's the goon for getting her husband fired.
2: Yeah, that divorce is going to be interesting. Mm. But yeah, uh, uh, Guy's wife, because I can't pronounce that name because I am not a good speaker sometimes, you're a goon just because you ruined it. You ruined it. It's probably going to cost more in a divorce than what they were paying you as your salary anyway.
1: Yeah, so uh so she's uh yeah she got him she got him fired so that's my goon that's all i got for for him
2: all right well on that note let's close it out
1: yeah we're closing it out uh real mvp uh people uh i know it's gonna be fast but uh people who are taking care of us during the coronavirus crisis uh and people who are uh speaking out on reforms for certain parts of our society it is your right to do so. That's why, uh, in the United States, at least, you you can have the ability to do so. And if you're exercising it, good. Hopefully, you're doing it uh, in a in a constructive manner, in a safe manner, and in a manner that will uh, lead to actual change rather than spewing off your grievances and not do, taking any steps to actually. Resolve the issue and find some answers, because we can all spew all of our issues and grievances. But what are we doing to get us to move forward and get better? So that's all I got to say about that. So people who are doing that, and there are a lot of you out there who are, uh, whether they're lawyers, whether they're they're po- politicians, whether they're they are just people, normal everyday people who who are suddenly have been emboldened by this uh get get down to work and and let's let's do some good please and uh, that's those are my real mvps that's what Um, i've got
2: aside from our our typical you know first responders doctors nurses and all that stuff actual people everybody telling roger goodell to suck it uh for saying (laughs) that you know athletes most importantly in the nfl saying hey you know, at least acknowledge what the issue wasn't about the flag, but it was about, you know, the social injustice because he was a big proponent with the two owners, you know, Robert and Jerry, twisting mm-hmm. his arm to make it seem like that that led to Kaepernick's blackball. So I think even Malcolm Jenkins said, hey, you know, you need to acknowledge the situation with Kaepernick, of what you guys did, and given the opportunity. Granted, it's all stale milk anyway because at 32 years old, it's not like he's going to be able to come back in full shape or form. But to at least say I we mean, did wrong by he ball, he was, person, like, on a
1: team when he was 40 years old, so...
2: He was with the Carolina Panthers, baby. Um, yeah. But but it's the concept of it. Because call them out, hold hold him accountable. Because he was kind of pop. And because here's the thing: it's not even just on how he conducted Kaepernick. Roger Goodell, since he's been. In it as a commissioner has had very flimsy policies that are very wishy-washy that are not and here's the thing sometimes we like hardline policies sometimes we don't but you should at least not make exceptions on punishments as you figure out you look at what happened to ralph Lussberger, you look at what happened to um... Adrian Peterson, you look out to what happened to Ray Rice, it was just so much severity. You need consistency sometimes. You look at how they basically blackballed out uh, Justin Blackman, but you know jo- Josh Gordon gets all these chances. Not that I'm saying that Justin Blackman deserves the lead, but you know where I'm coming from when I say you can't pick and choose how you want to deliver your punishments and go, oh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're a commissioner, yes, you make money, but your determinations have a slight bias and there's an agenda, and I don't think that's actually helping out. The hands that are reaching out for your for your services. Also, props to Adrian Peterson. He's like, "Oh yeah, we're definitely gonna kneel during a national anthem." Just to give a middle finger to him. I'm like, yeah, uh, Keith Lee, My whole point that I said earlier, I'll bring it back in there because sometimes you have to use a platform. And what better way of doing platform when you know you have all eyes on you, right? Hmm. You got to kind of keep that going. So that was always something in my brain. I even I even I'll even give to Drew Brees. I know where he was coming from. I know there was some, like, controversy that come into people when he initially set flags. I mean, I get it, but it's the idea of, like, this is bigger than you and bigger on the concept of flag. And then to have the mea culpa moment, it actually seems – he actually seems contrite. You know, I'm sure he'll talk to his teammates, stuff like that, but also a certain uh, president – said, oh, you're going to do this? And he's like, I'm going to do what I want. You need to focus on this. That's a clapback. That's a clapback. And um, I know we've sent memes on it, but here's the thing that people need to realize, that even though we might be um, uh, elevating, gratifying players that have a misunderstanding, there's players who have the misunderstanding that won't even have the cojones to do and say, to change the 1A, say, yeah, I messed up, and also go to somebody who's considered a forefront in their position and say, you're wrong, right? So it takes a little chutzpah. So I'll even give it to you, Drew. I'll give it to you a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, So that's all I got, man.
1: Okay. All right, so that's it. This is our 67th. We'll have 68, and I feel like we need to take a little break, let the sports news kind of – uh, bubble up, let things. We'll we'll have more definite stuff, and then we'll we'll take a break. We'll we'll officially end season three, and we'll hit season four with our 69th episode and make it as nice as possible.
2: Yep. But for now, super, super nice.
1: Yeah, super nice. And thank you to Bug Fables and Age of Wonders for for actually giving us the 0. .00001 cents uh, that they are giving us for for today and and using our, our space and yeah, I might actually buy bug fables. Now that I'm thinking about it It, it, every day, increasingly more, I'm reading reviews and I'm like, this might be it. I might, I I might need a paper Mario knockoff to, to quench my, my thirst. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. Bye. Bye. Be good. 28. Jackson back to throw. Throws right, and he can't hang on to it. He dropped it.